Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Today's episode is brought to you by StarCast 4. Coming to Baltimore, if you haven't already, pick up your tickets right now at starcast.com. That's S-T-A-R-R-C-A-S-T.com. And Baltimore is the place to be this November 7th through the 10th. We're going to get things kicked off on the 7th with Tony Schiavone's birthday bash. I can't believe the timing. We've got a, uh, a roast of sorts, if you will, at Jimmy's famous seafood and the best crab cakes in the world. You don't want to miss it right after that. It's all about karaoke and Friday, man, we moved to Ram's head live and we really get things kicked off. We've got 10 plus stage shows this year at Ram's head live. That'll all be on fight. You can pick up that right now at fight.tv. But Friday is really dedicated to AEW. You'll get a peek behind the curtain with the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes and John Moxley. You don't want to miss it. But our main event for the first time, maybe ever, a public appearance from Jim Crockett. That's right. The Jim Crockett and his brother David Crockett will be there as well. You don't want to miss it. Saturday, it's all about the legends of professional wrestling, including the great Muda on stage telling his story for the very first time, albeit with the help of a translator. And how about photo ops, man? We got those out the wazoo, including unique ones. You can't get anywhere else sting in the red, white, and blue that he wore when he won the world title and the actual world title. He won that night, pick up all of this, this Friday at noon for 50% off. That's right. Use the promo code JR this Friday at noon at starcast.com. You could say 50% off, make plans to join us for starcast four in Baltimore at S T A R R C A S T.com. And save a boatload of cash this Friday at noon using our promo code JR. Hi, this is Paul Stanley from KISS. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Boxofgimmicks.com. They got new items each and every week. It's the official store of what happened when. Something to wrestle with in 83 weeks. Log on and get your gimmicks for the wrestling fan in your life. Like I got Gene some wrestling stuff once. And also Ace and also Peter Chris. But we kicked him out of the band so he doesn't get any more wrestling presents. Or get yourself a little something. And by Patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. That's Patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. Want to be a low-key big hog or a glass-bottom boat rider? I've done that a few times, usually in a hotel in Vegas. How about being a member of the Hot Tag Express or the Slap Dick Nation like Ace Freely is? Join Conrad Thompson and Tony Schiavone with bonus podcasts, behind-the-scenes videos, live weekly chats, and new content each and every week. And by Lois Rules. Com. Get all your t-shirts from What Happened When right now at LoisRules.com. And Lois does rule. 
Oh, and by StarCast 4. That's S-T-A-R-R-Cast. StarCast is coming to Baltimore beginning next Thursday, November 7th through the 10th as part of Full Gear Weekend. For more information, go to StarCast.com. And finally, by Grillin' JR and WHW Live. Join good old JR and Tony Schiavone as they are joined on stage by Conrad Thompson live at Zany's in Nashville on Wednesday, November 13th, right after AEW Dynamite Live in the Music City. Doors open at 10.30. Show starts at 11 p.m. That's late, so get a nap. For tickets, go to supershowlive.com. Yes, indeed, it is slobber knocker time every Thursday. I'm good old JR Jim Ross, and I hope you join the pod father Conrad Thompson and I every Thursday for Grilling JR. If you're not listening, I'll find your ass. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA and Jim Rocket Promotions. Tony answers what they win. Look, Shivani's back again. World title split off center stage. Bischoff, Disney, Hogan, and Nitro. New World Order and the Crow. Thunder Russo, Arquette Champ, Vinnie Mac, simulcast. Tony's back with Conrad. Not your classy podcast. Watch a lot, try not to laugh. Lois rules, cat back. This wasn't the initial plan. Tom Ziggs a good looking man. Like Bill, make a chair. Tommy, you come over here. What happened when? WHW Monday. And now, let's go to the ring. And here's your co-host. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When? With Tony Schiavone. Tony, how are you, man? Comrade, how you doing? Uh, I, I'm doing good. I'm doing fine. I'm doing well. Very unique setting for me. I'm I'm sitting right now, looking out across the Hudson River. What? Yes, I am. The Statue of Liberty is right straight ahead. What? And to my left is the Freedom Tower in New York City. So it's kind of uh, kind of odd that I can actually look at the Statue of Liberty while talking to you. I would say that I feel very patriotic, but I don't. I feel in the mood to watch some wrestling with you again, my friend, well, my look, good friend. I'm looking forward to that, but uh, I can't help but notice the stark contrast. This visit to New York versus the last time you visited New York. You know, now that you've got that AEW money, you're overlooking the river and you're looking at the Statue of Liberty. Uh, the last time you went before this, uh, AEW, before you had cons millions, you, uh, <laughs> you said, you know what? I'm just going to do. I'm just going to figure it out when I get there. And I said, well, no, I've got a room. And he said, no, that's too expensive. I'm just going to sleep like on a bench at the subway or at a bus station or underneath a bench at central park. I'll blend right in with my unkept beard. And as you know, I don't shower until Sunday and I'll be home then. And now you're back in the lap of luxury five-star Jones across the board. Five-star Jones. Is that what I'm called? Five star Five-star Jones. Yes. I'm in the life of luxury. I really am. It's been a great weekend. Uh, 
And I hope you're doing well. And I hope all of our friends are doing well because we certainly are having a great time bringing you what happened when. And, you know, we're getting ready to go to another month. We've got some special, some exciting news about this podcast that we're going to be giving you in the weeks to come. And uh, uh, I'm just, you know what I'm, you know what I like about doing what happened when? You get to catch up with our friends. That's right. Especially you, one of my best friends of all time. Well, and, you know, you've, I mean, I don't think we're betraying any confidences, but is Lois with you right now? She actually is over at Matt's apartment right now, which is not too far away from here. Uh, so she is not with me right now, but she has been with me all weekend. Just me and her, no dogs, no kids. Well, and that's unusual, but I know you got caught recently putting some miles on your new purple mattress. And let's just say Lois wasn't necessarily involved. And so now you guys are trying to bond and traveling together and purple has really changed your life. I mean, for the better and the worse. I mean, now you've got to spend time with Lois, which sucks. And and I'm sympathetic to that, but you're sleeping better than ever with your new purple mattress because it's the world's most scientific mattress. It was created by a couple of guys who have spent decades creating like hospital beds and wheelchairs and things like that. And now they've created a new like rocket scientist level material that you've never felt before, unless you have a purple mattress and the feedback we've got from our listeners who've taken us up on this is incredible. People are swearing by it. They'll never have anything but a purple mattress. And it's not memory foam. I know when I say, oh, it's this new technology, people just think it's memory foam. I hate memory foam. I sleep hot as a fat guy, as most fat guys do. This thing lets me sleep cool. It's got a great touch where it's super soft, but yet it's still supportive. It's it's unreal. There's nothing like a purple mattress. One thing I like, well, I guess the main thing I like about it is I never, and I have a lot of back problems, I've never woken up with pain in my back on a purple mattress. That was the reason I bought it. That was the reason I tried it. And that's the reason I'm going to keep it. And you can try it because uh, you do have a pretty good uh, uh, money back guarantee. Or if you don't like it, they'll give you a 100-night risk-free trial. 100-night risk-free trial trial if you're not fully satisfied. you return your mattress for a full refund. I will not return mine because I like sleeping without pain. I mean, serious business. Yeah. How many products offer you a hundred night free trial you know you've got a good product if you can offer that and feel confident offering it this thing's legit try it out for yourself and we've got a special offer if you want to try this out right now not only do you get free shipping and returns if you don't like it and nobody's sending it back but they'll even come in and remove your old mattress they'll set it up for free they make this super easy but just for our listeners we've got an even special an even more special offer right Right now, our listeners will get a free purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text WHAT to 84888. That's text WHAT, W-H-A-T, to 84888. The only way to get this free pillow is to text WHAT to 84888. That's WHAT, 84888. We're talking about texting to get a deal. That is a deal in itself. Just be able to text and get the deal and get the best night sleep of your life with purple. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this. And I know you're looking forward to it too, because we're talking about Halloween Havoc 1996. It's such a, an important pay-per-view in WCW history. I recently reviewed this with Eric Bischoff. So you want a serious sort of behind the scenes, look at the business goings on and 
uh, a high level look at this show, by all means, feel free to check out 83 weeks. But if you just want to laugh and cut up, we're about to let the good times roll. Whenever you want to give us a countdown that you think you could maybe phone up Lois and let's get her to give us a countdown. Well, you know what? She just walked in the door. Hang on a second. And she got, uh, she has her, uh, our daughter upstairs with uh, a, a baby. So she's going to just fly in here real fast and go upstairs. Hey, come on in here. Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. I've been here for a while. Why? Oh, a countdown. You want me to do a countdown? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll do a countdown for you. Three, two, one, play. Ah, the excitement of the end. Oh, look at Hulk Hogan turn you on WCW. You can go straight to hell, Hogan. <laughs> yes. And Eric Bischoff's face, pointing, talking, the macho man. Oh, look at him painting the macho man. Look at Eric Bischoff's face. Think we were trying to suck up to the boss or what on this open? Well, I think you're, you're clearly trying to set the stage that he's about to turn. And you're doing that because we're starting the show with Bischoff saying the single biggest mistake I've made in WCW was bringing Hulk Hogan in. Mm. How about macho man intimidating Liz here? Wow. Couldn't get by with that here in, uh, 2019. Well, you'd be surprised what still gets by like, yeah. a lot of controversy this past weekend on the internet, but none of that matters because we're here. Slim Jim's Halloween havoc live from the MGM grand. And we're in a near capacity crowd. Oh, and the fireworks fireworks weren't a thing until Tony Khan came back around and reignited wrestling with sparklers. Ladies and gentlemen here in WCW. Remember, it's Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc. No. Slim Jim's. Yeah. Meaty, spicy taste. Yeah, what's the Meat. most perverted thing you ever did with a Slim Jim? Uh, I probably ate a bunch of them and puked them back up. You ever tried to um, do any sounding with a Slim Jim? Uh, I have not. But, <clears throat> boy, I hate to ask this question. What is sounding? Uh, we've talked about it before, but we don't want to talk about it here on the show. Oh yeah. Okay. I, I now, uh, no, that's what, is that the urethra thing? Oh, can you believe it? By the way, hey, Tony Wood, Tony, look at the bull of the woods. He has decided to slide the sleeves on his shirt up. You see all the other announcers got sleeves down of the elbow. So I got to show off these 24 inch pythons. I had them long before the Hulkster came along and I just slide them up, put them in my armpit so they can see my, my massive forearms and my gigantic biceps that I have used to carry WCW into the promised land here on pay-per-view. Now he didn't uh, uh, tell everybody why my chair is not as not higher than yours. Well, because Shivani, you're a piece of shit. I've always known you're a piece of shit. And there'll be one day that you'll never be back in wrestling ever again. Maybe I'll be back in wrestling, but the fact is your chair is higher than mine. Guess what? Dusty's is higher than yours. And to make yours look higher than mine, guess what? I'm fucking slouched over. So I'm making it come true. All right. We're ready to go. Let's go to the ring for our cruiserweight title match. Woo. You know what that means, don't you? Dean fucking Malenko is going to come to the ring. Dude, this is such a great match. But look in the far left. In the, in the far top left. left. Well, maybe we'll get a wide shot here. There is a giant package of Slim Jims in the corner. What a cool piece of set design. I wish you could get a more prominent shot of it on the entrance, but slim Jim is what Halloween havoc man is holding up. But look in the left, you see the MGM sign just to his left is a giant box of slim Jims. 
I don't think we've put over enough. Ah. Look at that. Look at that. There you go. Huh? What a cool little prop that is. That, that boy has been kidnapped. Uh, the ring posts here have been wrapped to look like slim gyms. There are four slim gym logos on the canvas slim gymmed out. And I recently reviewed a Halloween havoc, the horrific Hulk Hogan, um, ultimate warrior match from 1998 with Bruce Pritchard. It's the worst yeah. podcast we've ever done on something to wrestle by far. And I asked him about why the WWF never sold sponsorships like this. You know, they, they've had pay-per-view sponsored by them, but I wanted to know from a branding perspective, they never wrapped the ring post. They never had a logo on the canvas, anything like that. And he said, even when times were tight, Vince always considered that like sacred ground that you just didn't sell it. That pay-per-view in particular had a Snickers logo on there. He said, see Snickers paid for this one time. And here we are talking about it. 21 years later, Vince never wanted that. Now, of course, when he was in a real cash crunch, nobody probably wanted to be there, but when the product got hot, he didn't want it to be a permanent part of history. So it wasn't there, but as a fan, I understand the business side of not wanting to give away all that extra value. But as a fan, I kind of thought the, the slim Jim labeling of the ring here was cool. I mean, I thought it added to it. It made it a big fight feel because boxing has done this for years and years. Great product placement is what it was. And I agree with it. I think you should, I think it should, uh, as we like to say, junk it up like NASCAR does with its cars. I think baseball teams should have, and they're going to eventually should have sponsors on their jerseys. I know a lot of people say, what? Nope. I feel that way. Um, I feel that way. Hey, so uh, a little story here. Wait, hang on, hang, uh, on, hang on. Before you get into this story, you okay. can't just say junk it up and keep it moving. If you're looking to junk it up, you got to go to bluechew.com. We're going to get your junk up in a big way. Uh, Tony Schiavone has been spreading the news in five boroughs in New York. He's been, he, he told me the other day by text, I said, how old are you, Tony? Cause I was trying to confirm, you know, how far in his sixties he was. I've been trying to look at some policies that I could, no, that's another story. But he said, I'm too old to cut the mustard, but I can still sling that mayonnaise. And he's oh. doing that thanks to bluechew.com. And uh, you can give everybody a tip on the world's first chewable with the same active ingredient as both Viagra and Cialis. But because it's chewable, it can work faster and you can even take it on a full or empty stomach. But better than the other two, it's cheaper because you skip the in-person doctor visit, which means if you go to bluechew.com, they'll hook you up with a physician. They'll help you find the right dosage and active ingredient for you. And if you qualify, which means you have a cock, uh, you'll be prescribed very quickly and it'll show up to your house. Very discreet packaging. It's made right here in the USA. So you won't be waiting too long at all before you're getting your ding dong real, real hard. And if you've been looking to get your ding dong hard, have we got a deal for you? We're going to get you chubbed up for free. I'm talking hard for free. All you've got to do is pay $5 shipping for $5. You can have a foot long of your own. Or as Tony once told Lois, when she said she wanted 12 inches and to make it hurt. And he said he'd fuck her twice and hit her in the head with a frying pan. You can do that too. Now at bluechew.com, use that promo code. What is it, Tony? It's WHW, just like the show WHW. And Liz Conrad said five bucks shipping only free, free blue chew. Go to B L U E chew.com. B L U E chew.com promo code WHW and get the free to heart on buddy. You and your partner will love it because you know how to chew it and do it. Yeah. And, and I know you sent me a selfie this week and it's funny because I showed my dad 
because you took a selfie in New York with the big skyline behind you. And I thought he was going to say, you know, has, is, is Tony like uh, in New York? I mean, you can see like the Empire State Building and all that. But instead, my dad said, did Tony blow a Smurf? And I had, I had to look and I zoomed in and your teeth were blue. So that told me, man, you were spreading the news all over New York. Did Tony blow a Smurf? Yeah. God. And you didn't, you know, the, it is. Yes, I did. You're right. Chewable. I mean, I, I knew, didn't. I knew my dad didn't know he's been smartened up now that yeah. if you chew blue chew with your front teeth, it's going to look like you've been, uh, well, you and Papa Smurf had a little rendezvous, but instead you had a real blue veiner down below and it was because you had tagged in blue chew. <laughs> is that what it's called? A blue veiner? Well, that's, that's what I've heard. That's the rumor and innuendo. I was heard that. That you get so hard, even a cat couldn't scratch it. You get very rigid down there. Turgid might be another word. Turgid. Hey, let, uh, let me ask you, do you know the story since you've done this with Eric? What's the story of the, the second mask that Ray just put on as we're, we're talking? Dean came out with the mask. I guess Dean had taken the mask. That's right. Dean had taken the mask. This is the one that um, it was Ray's favorite. And Ray really wanted this mask back. So when there was an opportunity... He took it off of the ring post and put his head down where fans could see, put on the new mask. So he's now back in possession of his mask. And, you know, obviously they're telling the story that the mask is very important to Mysterio. This one in particular, has just been dropped knee first across the top rope. Yeah. Hey, so, uh, here's my story. And I'm uh, sticking I, I to went, it. What? I didn't say anything. Go ahead. Okay. Here's my story. I, uh, I was a guest on busted open on Friday. I saw that. How about that? How about that? And, uh, as I'm coming in, Ray Mysterio's walking out and I got to, uh, kind of connect with Ray for the first time in a gosh, 19, 20 years. It was great to see him Had his mask on and, uh, had his, uh, sling on. And then they, uh, the UFC fighter was with him as well. Kane Velasquez. Yeah. You got to meet Kane. No, he just kind of walked by me with his head up in the air. I don't think he knows who I am. Right. Uh, but Ray did. And we, just, uh, we connected for a few moments and, uh, it was great, man. I, and I told him, I said, Ray, you are, you are ageless, my man. And he is, isn't he? I mean, he is really ageless. I guess I'll take it for granted that you didn't see him at the first star cast in Chicago. Cause he was there. Yeah. I did not see him there. Right. Well, that's pretty cool that you got to hook up with him. You know, you've ran yeah. into a lot of your old brethren and and this one in particular is is someone you've been putting over from day one as being a damn good looking man did you tell him that hey we we talk about you all the time on the show and put over how goddamn attractive you are i told him i said buddy as far as i'm concerned you don't need that mask because you're a good looking man he said well thank you man and he hugged me and i got a boner and then he walked away boy you're using bluetooth the wrong way you're not supposed (laughs) to use it to impress ray mysterio okay well By, by the way do you reckon Back in the day, before Ray was a happily married man, when he was just pounding it out up and down the West Coast, do you think he had like like luchador condoms? Like, do you think he could like wrap that rascal up and and it would look like it had a little mask on? Yeah, and it was called El Caco or something like that. Mm. I wonder if like for Halloween he would have like a La Parka one or like it was a skeleton dick. Yeah, man, a skeleton dick. Whew. Maybe maybe Nothing he like had a, like a psychosis one whenever he was with a, a, a particularly freaky lady and it had horns on the end. 
horns on the end of his dick? Absolutely. I think that would be good. And then he would have like a Juventud Guerrero one that would blow juice mm. at the end of the night. I don't think it's supposed to do that. I think that's not why you wear them. That oh. one may be defective. Okay. What if, what about old Cyclope? Oh, one eye. One eye Cyclope. Would be pretty cool. How about, how about super callow? Maybe put some, some sunglasses on that little bastard. Sunglasses on a little bastard. Okay. Yeah, that would be great. Dude. I think we're onto something. We should do luchador condoms. How have we not thought of this before? I don't know. We should. And maybe we could do it with all wrestlers, right? We could have right. one like the mummy and it was just, you know, wrapped up or that right. sorry, the Yeti. Right. Uh, we could have one that, you know, had a black hat on the end. Her. Right. We could do a Dave Silva one that would give your dick girth, a lot of girth, probably too much girth. I had a Spanish accent. Mm-hmm. We're on to something. I like it. Yeah. I, you know, one thing I've always known since, since I uh, first got to know you and started doing this, that you're a marketing genius, man. I just, think, I just think we're on to something here. I really do. Yeah, I, I think we're on. And, and uh, in the meantime, hell of a match going on here. Yeah, we're talking over one of the best matches that you're going to see. And I, I often do this on the show. If you're going to go watch one match, uh, I'm going to recommend that you go watch this one. This one is, is the best match on the show. To me, it gets four and a quarter stars. They've got plenty of time. It's a show stealer, 18 minutes, 32 seconds. And what a finish, uh, at the time that this happened, I had just gotten back into wrestling. We've told the story before I'm flipping through the channels, uh, probably in August and I see, um, Hulk Hogan in Mont black and it catches my attention. So my first pay-per-view back was the month before fall brawl. And I, I managed to pick this one up too. And I just thought when this was over, like, man, this is, this is the best match we're going to, we're going to get. I couldn't imagine a match being better in 1996 than this one. Now, of course, I know there were other matches that probably were better, but they may have happened in Japan. Nothing just springs to mind right now in 1996. And I know. There's a lot of our hardcore listeners who think the WrestleMania 12 main event was just the best match of the year. I would disagree. And certainly from a WCW perspective, this was my favorite one. How about the guy in the front row? Who's probably a strip club regular. Uh, he's got sunglasses on inside at night and he's got a sweatshirt on and the sweatshirt has Papa Shango airbrushed on the front. God. And he keeps standing up, patting his elbow. Yeah. I, I I've seen that. There he is right there. He's like the worst kind of fan. If I was seated behind that guy, I would no. try to negotiate with someone else to get another seat. Well, he's, he's one of those fans that, that wants to be the center of attention. He's the worst. Which is, he's the worst. Just, yeah. Just he's, fucking he's, be a fan, dude. I know. And someone should have done a, uh, hang on again. I'll, I'll look, uh, I'll, I'll get the word down. Uh, tope. So it's suicido on him. How about no, that? No, 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 not just Tope Suicido, but okay. Um, recently, Tope on Suicida. an episode of Dynamite, Excalibur broke out another version of that that really tickled you. Do you remember what that was? I don't remember off the top of my head, but you repeated it with like a question mark at the end, like "fucking yeah. really." I can't, I can't remember what it was, but I, I can say this: that I'm learning stuff by working with uh, Excalibur. I really am. Well, he, he's taking, he's taking the time to actually go talk to all these guys over the years. And mm. I think Excalibur is like one of the low key heroes of AW because 
I don't think I'm betraying any confidences, but he's, he's been a big part of pro wrestling gorilla for a long, long time. And so many of the talent that you see on AEW came through PWG over the years. So he had an opportunity to forge relationships with all those guys for the last decade plus and for 15 years and counting, probably he's, uh, as a result, he, he just knows everybody's sort of hot moves. And as they've added them to their repertoire, what to call them and, and what body part they work on and. He has an intimate relationship with those guys. And as a result, he knows all the moves. Meanwhile, if, uh, all of a sudden this week, somebody is like running to the ring and they stop reaching their back pocket, pull out a baseball and throw a slider, both Jr. and Excalibur are shit out of luck, but you'll know that was a slider. You fuckers. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Conrad trying to say, I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to wrestling. No, I'm trying to say for the last 15 years, you've been focused on baseball He's been focused mm. on independent wrestling. That's all right. Okay. But you're, well, I'm you, getting more, getting more and more focused on it. I am, but you, you've called more TV wrestling than him. I'm not saying he's better than you. I'm just saying you guys have both different strengths. That's all. Yeah. And listen, I'm learning a lot from him and I, I, I wasn't sure if I'd like working with him or not, but I love it really do. And I think the three of us work very, very well together, much like Dean Malenko can work with anybody in the ring. Dean was one of those guys that could work with anybody in the ring. And, and, and the rib is the big rib is, and we found out this during the last star cast is that for all his seriousness and the Iceman and everything that he does, Dean Malenko is at heart a comedian. No, he's funny as shit. And you, you found that out, uh, in our, our panel. Mm-hmm. Um, with him in Chicago and, and I can't believe it, but we've got another one coming up and, and we've secured Jim Crockett and I mean, just of all the people you could secure for a personal appearance, Jim Crockett, holy shit. I don't think he's ever done anything like this. he never has. This is the first time ever. And I, I, I'm going to, uh, sit down in the front row. I'm going, I'm going to be honest with you. I, um, I'm kind of nervous about doing something with him. Well, I gotta be honest with you. We've, uh, we've been able to secure some help. Bruce Mitchell, Bruce Mitchell is going to be able to help out. I think Dave Meltzer may be able to help out. So there'll be, you know, you, you obviously have a different relationship, but as far as a facts and figures and historical aspect, we've got some real historians in the building who can help do some of the heavy lifting. But I do think that you and David are going to make Jim a lot more comfortable with him being so familiar with both of you. Okay. All right, that's great. That that's great news. I look so I look forward to that, and I look forward to to Starcast. I look forward to going to Jimmy's uh, famous seafood. And oh yeah, and we able- should mention that we're throwing you a fucking birthday bash, and I've tried to keep it a little bit of a secret, but I guess the words out. It's the greatest birthday bash in the history of our great sport, and it's going down next Thursday. So uh, eight days from today at Jimmy's famous seafood, we're doing a happy hour at six oh five because that's the appropriate time to do that. And then at seven o'clock, Jimmy's has put together a phenomenal buffet of not just seafood, but some other tremendous non seafood items. And we're, I guess it's going to be like a low key roast of sorts with some of your old friends sharing some Tony Schiavone stories on your big birthday. And we've got a couple little surprises. And then afterwards we'll keep the party going with a little karaoke, which is a favorite of yours. Uh, did you uh, get in touch with, uh, <coughs> Whitney, Wright? <coughs> Whitney, Wright? See if she could show up. I, um, I, I asked around, I, I, I made mm. some calls. Okay. We talked to uh, some people. Just what she's one of my favorite movie stars. And I thought it would be nice. How, how much, uh, how much, uh, 
How much do you think you've shot to Whitney Wright? <laughs> I don't know. Considerable don't amount? Know. Uh, no. Oh, you're saving it all for her? Uh, yes. I I just uh, just found out there was a Whitney Wright uh, after StarCast 2. But now you've realized how very talented she is. Mm, unbelievable. She has a, a unique set of skills? Yes, she does. As a matter of fact... Some of the positions that you're seeing between Dean Malenko and Rey Mysterio, I think Whitney could certainly. Uh, she's perfected them. Perfected, copy them. Yes, she's done them before. Oh, you think Whitney? We can like get this. Whitney like, like that? She right did there. that. One. I saw her do that with Mike Adriano <laughs> back in 2018. It was five uh, stars. Hey, do you think we could get. Like that? I definitely saw her do that. I think she did <laughs> that one with, um, with Lexington Steel. I could be wrong. So, you know what I just realized there, there's when, when you got two classic wrestlers with a lot of roll-ups and a lot of false finishes, there's a lot of, uh, there's very much a very erotic type match when you say like there. Now that's what you want to do to her. Okay. So you're right. Standing switch, standing switch, back elbow, reach through, zip them over, jump over back. There you go. I feel like that's what you did on your honeymoon. Standing switch, standing switch. The little leapfrog gimmick. I think that was <laughs> you. Hey, I, I, I got a question I want to ask. Right. Since we're talking about you beating off to Whitney Wright, it brings me oh. up. What? Okay. So anyway, go ahead. I had a thought this past week and I want your opinion. Okay. Are you, you're familiar with this asshole, uh, Matt Coon, right? <laughs> yes. Well, goddamn. what's he doing now? That's what I wanted to ask. All right. So when he's not ruining podcasts, cause you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, but he did one with Johnny fair play that died. Gone. He did one with Vince Russo that died. Gone. He did okay. one with Terry Runnels that died. Gone. He did one with Medusa that died. He did one with Robbie E that died. Uh, he did one with Dutch Mantel that died. I mean, I think you get what I'm, where I'm going with this. Apparently he didn't get the, he didn't get the memo, but everybody else did. I think by now you you've probably figured out based on what I've laid out so far, he's big into masturbation, but something that we may not have talked about a lot here on the show is he's also a music teacher and we get a lot of feedback about our WHW theme song. That is a Matt Coon original, right? Uh, he did the theme song for that. He did the theme song for something to wrestle. Uh, he did the theme song for Arn Anderson. I mean, he's a very talented when it comes to putting together theme songs, I think he's even done like some wrestler themes. Uh, I think he may have done a theme or two at all out or all in back in the day. I mean, so there's, there's been a few moments where he's been able to do some cool stuff with music, but I just wondered a guy who's musically inclined and so prone to masturbation. Do you reckon when he's beaten off, he's like humming songs? Do you think maybe uh, he's like stroking it to the beat? I mean, yeah, I would think so. I just think that he's probably, he's got music in his blood. So he's probably like, like you hum a song and then, you know, waka, waka, waka with, with the beat. Well, if you got music in your blood and all your blood goes to your dick, then obviously you would think that while you're stroking, you would sing a tune. I don't know that he would sing it because I feel, you know, there's nobody in the room and whenever, here's what I know for sure. If Matt Coon's coming, no one else is involved. You know, there's no one else in the room. So you wouldn't sing. 
but you might like hum, you know, cause like people hum in the shower, you know, as they're brushing their teeth or cooking supper or whatever. Oh, Dean Malenko gets the big uh, win. I hope we get a replay here and you should call that one straight. What a finish. And there it is. Dean Malenko is now your cruiserweight champion. So Ray, well, got, think, Ray got his I'll mask think. back, but, but Dean picked up the hardware. I'm telling you that uh, was as good of a finish as you're going to find and that, that had the fans standing up and that's almost kind of like, uh, many of the matches that we're seeing today. And that's why, uh, that's one of the reasons that Dean Malenko is, is one of our agents, coaches, whatever you want to call it behind the scenes in AEW, because he knows all about the matches. We're, they're going to show some of the replays here and Ray knew how to take a bump. Didn't he? Yes, he did. There it is. Wow. Top, Top rope, rope power bomb. Come on right. with it. Yes, there. One, two, three. And I agree. Four plus stars for this one. And Dean Malenko is your winner. Look at the crowd. The, yeah. See, they're into it. And that's what's cool is, you know, Malenko came into this as a heel and, and Mysterio's the baby face. But mm. when you look at that crowd, they were so into the action that he got a huge reaction. And speaking of huge reactions. Yeah. Hey, did I ever tell you the story that, uh, Michael Phelps, he smoked that dope cost me a million dollars because we were going to do something with Tony, the tiger and that motherfucker ended up smoking dope. And I lost a million dollars. Speaking of a million dollars, here's a man that's not worth a million dollars, not worth 10 cents. Double J Jeff Jarrett, Jeff. Oh, I tell you what, when it comes to Tony, the tiger, when it comes to cereals that don't taste worth a shit, nobody knows about bland shitty things more than, Oh, J E double F. J A double A O E double T. That's right. I can spell, but I can't draw. I ain't drawn shit ever. I couldn't draw flies with a mouthful of shit, but I have continued to charm people because I'm the charmingest motherfucker you ever did meet. And your goal right now is to hate me because I'm a heel and you're going to hate me whether you want to or not. I guarantee you that. But one thing you're not going to do is see me win a match here in WCW. I can talk my ass into a paycheck. And I can't talk my ass into a push, but when Vince Russo gets here and we kill this whole company, you can bet it'll be with me wearing the gold. <laughs> well, let me now talk to the nature boy, Rick Flair. Rick, what the hell are you doing here? Woo. I didn't know I was supposed to be here, but woo. Wendy pointed me this way and woo. I'm not going to talk unless I get $20,000 a word. Woo. That's because Wendy said, that's what I need to do. And here I am. I can't even look at the fucking camera because Wendy said, woo, don't look at the camera during the interviews because that's the way they do it in the WWE. And I want to go back to the WWE. Woo. Because that's where I'm going to make money. You don't think I can make money anymore. Woo. Wendy points me in the right direction. Woo. I may be there. I may be not. I may be going to comic con. I may not. We'll just have to wait and see wherever Wendy tells me to go. Woo. That's where I go. That's right. Kiss dealing. That's right. The nature boy, Rick Flair, Jeff Jarrett. Remember use almond milk on your frosted flakes. You know, and I realized that I was a rare sighting of Rick Flair in Las Vegas. It sure was. And guess what? He was booked on that show and showed up. That's unusual. Hey, the battle for the ring battle for the ring. Yeah, this is shit. It's, it yeah. sucks because this is before Andy Guerrero was really hitting a stride. It's definitely before DDP was DDP is the only guy I know who will chew gum and smoke a cigar at the same time. 
He's got earrings in, he's got a gold necklace. He's got tape on every finger. Um, he's got the, the crazy perm tear. He's got sunglasses at night. He's got the tattoos. Uh, he's got gimmicks on gimmicks on gimmick. He is a walking gimmick stand. I wear my sunglasses at night so I can, so I can sing this song like Corey Hart can. Okay, here comes uh, Eddie Guerrero. This is before I loved Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero is a great wrestler here, but this is before I think he really hit his stride. As a rule of thumb, if Eddie's wearing the top and if Eddie's wearing the jacket, it's early W. It's early WCW Eddie Guerrero. When he starts a year later at this same pay-per-view and he comes out with the belt backwards over his shoulder and he's taking on Rey Mysterio, he's walking real slowly to the ring. Heel Eddie Guerrero in WCW was the best Eddie Guerrero. But Eddie Guerrero could absolutely go with anyone. And so this is the battle for the ring. Yes. Could this be the battle bowl ring that, uh, yes. that page had won? Yes. Okay. Meltzer would say this match was below par because it just wasn't Guerrero's day. Not only was he suffering from a high fever, but he also broke a rib at one point. They had to cut three key minutes of big moves and near back and forth falls out because he was in so much pain. What if that happened right there when he got thrown up against the safety rail? That was the one here. Here here comes something you're going to love. Okay. Page would hit a diamond cutter out of nowhere. And even Tony Schiavone called it as if Guerrero had blocked the impact of the move, making the finish seem even more anticlimactic when Guerrero didn't kick out, didn't kick out. It would have been a great finish and a much better match, but Tony Schiavone as usual was asleep at the wheel and totally blew the finish for two guys who were working very, very hard. The sooner Tony Schiavone gets out of that chair and someone more talented who cares about the product and knows the moves takes over the better off WCW will be. This star would have been two. This match would have had two further, two big, two more stars had Tony Schiavone not totally screwed the finish. <laughs> that's pretty hard, even for Meltzer. He didn't say any of that. I just wanted to get you. I, I didn't up. think he did. That's why I'm saying that sounded like something that <laughs> <laughs> that Conrad Thompson would have ad libbed. Oh <laughs> uh, well, but anyway, D- Dave's my friend. You know, Dave's no, my friend. I know. Friend. I'm just trying to stir shit. That's what I do. But here's the deal. He doesn't hit it clean. And so yeah. you, you assume because he didn't hit it clean, well, they'll keep going and he'll do it again and hit it clean. And they didn't, right. and that was it. But you had no way of knowing because you're not at ringside. You're fucking a hundred yards away. Right. But if you were at ringside, somebody may, Nick Patrick may have said he broke his ribs and then you would have known, well, fuck, they just got to go home. Yeah. But you don't know that. So yeah. 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 So take that Dave. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't say any of that. I just oh, made it up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> By the way, Nick Patrick trying to sell the neck, wearing the yeah. neck brace to the ring, Joel Gertner style. It's just peak. It's the best. <laughs> I don't know. You would think that, uh, you would think that a referee selling his neck is, uh, is trying to draw more attention to himself and he shouldn't. So See? just so we're clear, I, I want a consensus on this. Matt Coon definitely whacks off to a beat and hums music while he's jacking off. One would assume so, yes, okay. because he's musically inclined. Like I'm sure there are guys out there who play video games in the whack off too. Really, I would think. You know what? That would explain a lot because I know that um, in my group chat, you know, I've got this group chat of wrestling friends. Right. Super Dave, his wife has often complained that all he does is play video games and eat Cheetos, and I thought mm. that was a little weird. 
because later she would, she would joke as she was drinking one day or whatever. And she's mm-hmm. like, I just don't understand why, why Dave's penis is orange. And that's when I realized, wait a minute, he's, he's not really in there playing video games. He's telling her he's playing video games in the other room. And he's probably just like eating Cheetos and watching porn and whacking off. Wow. And she, is that not a great, is that not a great night? She doesn't. Yeah, it is. It's a big night at the Shivani household. No, I'm thinking eating Cheetos, which I love. Sure. Who doesn't? And watching porn. Would that not be a great night? I'd be a great weekend. You know what? Here's what I know about you. No one will ever be able to deny that you are the king of the rednecks because you drink Mountain Dew and you eat Cheetos. Get it right. I drink. Oh, Mellow Yellow. Mellow Yellow. Diet Mellow Yellow. Mellow Yellow Zero. That's right. But you, I mean, so you're drinking this, which is clear, by the way, a a famous wrestler puts vodka Uh in his diet Mountain Dew and calls it a white trash, (laughs) which I I think we should rename if we ever do a, um, you know what? Maybe I'll do that at Starcast. We'll have like a a themed drink menu Mm -hmm. right? and we'll call like Mountain Dew and vodka a 90, uh, a 95 DDP. So, I mean, we won't call it a white trash. That's offensive. Right. But we'll go with like a 95 DDP. How about vodka and the mellow yellow zero call it a trailer trash. Okay. Okay. But by the way, there are really nice mobile homes now. Oh, I know there are a great friend of mine has a walk-in shower, like a, a giant tile enclosure. That's like a party shower for 38 people. And it's a mobile home and he's got those barn style doors throughout it and He's got like the big sub-zero fridge. I, I've got one that looks like a cabinet. He's got like two double ones in a mobile yeah. home. I'm like, man, how are they doing this now? Because I, I had family members when I was growing up, and they, they lived in mobile homes. And, boy, they did not look like these today. I, I'm really impressed yeah. with the advances they've made in mobile homes. So am I. And, you know, uh, I would said white trash or uh, trailer trash uh, kind of jokingly. Trash can live in any type of. Oh, sure. look at my yeah. house. It's a nice house and there's, there's just trash just all over it. You know? Yes. And I would agree. There's plenty of trash in my house as well. Oh, w- without question. I think, um, you've got, you've got that a lot. Listen, we were talking about how you love your hobo foods and, and that brings yeah. me to another topic I've had on my mind this week. I wanted to ask you about when I got you here. Okay. Where are you at on, uh, where are you at on Aldi? Aldi. I feel like Aldi is like right up your alley. No, I, 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 I don't go to Aldi, but I do know that like Chris Shivani, who you're going to see at Starcast, mm-hmm. he and his wife go to Aldi all the time. I understand that Aldi has uh, phenomenal deals on food items, but they also have, um, sort of a no, no frills deal where you have to pay for your cart and you don't get bags. And you just figure out how to get it to your fucking car and you fuck yourself. <laughs> and, um, which I think is really the best part. Like, how am I going to get all that shit to my car? Hey, that's on you, buddy. You already paid. Just get the fuck out of here. Uh, I think that's tremendous. But apparently they have like Aldi brand things. And I'm just now learning that. So like I knew, okay. I knew like at Walmart, you had like great value of something. Right. So, so instead of like hamburger helper, they've got like great value hamburger tag team partner or whatever. Uh, so 
They can't call it hamburger helper, so they call it great value, whatever the fucking hamburger, item is. Hamburger gimmick. There you go. Here you go. Well, apparently they make like a corn be- uh, like a canned beef stew. And I thought, me- God damn, because I know how much you love your potted meats. Yeah. Oh boy, do I ever. With your baena sausages and spam oh, and shit like that. Oh yeah. And so this past week, unbelievably, this disgusting bastard named Dave Silva was in my office and I thought, Hey, I'm going to order breakfast. And I ordered me, uh, two bacon biscuits. And then he wanted, uh, two fried bologna biscuits with mayonnaise. Oh my God. And he wanted like pepper Jack cheese on it or something. And I'm like, what the, that's not even a fucking thing. And to my surprise, it is. (laughs) And instantly I, I, I hated living in Alabama for the first time. Like I can't live in a place where fried bologna is a thing. But it is, and he had it and slathered with mayonnaise, which I think is fucking disgusting. I hate mayonnaise. I don't know how I'm fat and hate mayonnaise, but that's reality. And I thought, I got to talk to Tony about fried bologna because I, I feel like he has a, a, a strong feeling. And then I knew that you would be for it because you love these fucking canned meats. Right. Are you for love bologna? It. You love bologna? Love fried bologna. God damn it. Loved fried bologna. You know what I like? You know what I like to do with fried bologna? like to fry the bologna, then I like to put it in a, in a sandwich with cheese on an American cheese and then grill the American cheese sandwich. So you want a bologna grilled cheese? Bologna grilled cheese, there's nothing like it. It is absolutely wonderful. And I wonder if you go get the beef stew at Aldi's if you have put it in the can as well. Well, that's the thing. So like they've got canned beef stew and this, this became like what's grosser Oh, then a fried bologna, uh, no. sandwich. And, and I discovered they have fried bologna biscuits. And then when I grilled, uh, Dave Silva about this, he said where he comes from in his homeland, yeah. they have fried bologna on, on tortillas, which I thought was like, that's not fucking real. I've never been to a Mexican restaurant and they offered that. Yeah. Thank God. But then we started to get down way, way deep. And we got to, what about canned meat? And I thought, cause a lady in my office was sick this week. Well, chicken noodle soup's not a big deal. And somebody said, what about canned beef stew? And I'm like, mm. Tony Schiavone eats that. I just know. Mm. Absolutely. You would eat canned beef stew. Oh, I was a Denty Moore guy growing oh. up, man. Oh man. And you know, what's great about Denty Moore beef stew? Nothing. If, <laughs> if you're hungover, pop open a can of Denny Moore beef stew and eat it cold out of the can before you heat it up. Fuck you. That is great, man. All right. So here's the thing. I, I because start... the fat will congeal on the outside and you just scrape that ah! and mix it in. Ah! Denty more beef stew, man. Wait a minute. So the, the fat congealed on top, it probably looks like somebody shot a load in the top of it. <laughs> no, it doesn't look anything like that. It's just kind of clear and, and yeah, it looks like that. <laughs> <laughs> so you stir the load in it and then eat the load. <laughs> You fucking, I guess you do. I love you. Like, yeah, stir that fat in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Love throw the fat in there. Throw up. Hey, shouldn't shouldn't you ladle off the fat? No, man. It's what makes it good. That's what makes fats. What makes food good? Well, let me change your life then. Cause I did an unofficial poll this past weekend. I hosted like a little football party and somehow I had a resident expert in the house about canned beef stew. Yeah. And he said that Aldi has a knockoff Denty Moore. 
Yeah. And that the Aldi version of Denty Moore has more potatoes. Oh, he feels like regular ass Denty Moore is sort mm-hmm. of cheaping you out on the potatoes, but Aldi really brings the value with the extra potatoes. And he warned me of the same thing. He says, now, if you're going to try this, you got to make sure when you open it up, you don't get disgusted with the top. You just stir it in. You got to power through mm-hmm. and then, and then, and then prepare it. But I think he actually cooks it, but you're talking about just eating it right out of the can. Oh yeah. Absolutely. God damn. I've never been more disgusted with you in my life. By the way, well, uh, hell of a move here from Eddie Guerrero coming off the top down to the floor at a time when that was not common. This is pretty common now, but not common back in 1996. And that's the Eagle. That's that wrestling fan. We've talked about the bowl cut kid. He's there right, he was right at the corner of the aisle. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, it's pretty apparent that, that Eddie is, is hurting right here too. See how slow he is getting in the ring. Either, either he's hurt the ribs or the, the flu or whatever he's had is slowing. He's slowing him down. You can tell that. I think he's hurt the ribs as slow as he's going. Cause he's going very, very slow. Right. But you know what? He may have had this fever cause he's been eating a lot of canned stew. No, canned stew won't give you the fever, but canned stew, uh, a real hot bowl of Denny Moore or all these beef stew will certainly help bring a fever down. Fuck off. You know, you know, the reason that there's more potatoes in all these beef stew than Denny Moore beef stew. No, but I bet you do. Yeah. Because potatoes are cheaper than beef and that's why it's a knockoff and that's why it's cheaper. You want more beef in your beef stew. It's not potato stew. It's beef stew. No, I got you on that. He didn't act like there was less beef. He acted like, you know, they put more bullshit vegetables in Denny Moore. He wanted more taters. Well, okay. Oh, got you. By the way, this is all, what? this is all silly. We know when it comes to us and food, uh, we're about the Reese's PCs, which is a peanut butter candy for morons. And right. it's also a tremendous shirt here just in time for Halloween. Pick it up at loisrules.com. L O I S as I spell Lois rules.com. And, uh, there's also a couple of new shirts on there this week. I don't know that you've even seen all these, but we finally have a luchador era t-shirt. I guess this is a preview of what your penis heads are about to look like in the next quarter. We will have luchador condoms coming your way. And, um, really, if I'm honest with you, we're, I'm interested in doing that. It's just another way to, you know, to help fuck people. Right. <laughs> That's what we do here on the show. Like yeah, we're about right. manscaping. We're about getting your cock real hard. We're about getting your mattress, put a lot of miles on the coot, mm-hmm. you know, just whatever. Cause we are the hard foundation. Not the heart foundation, but the hard foundation. It's a new shirt at loisrules.com. You got to check that out. And we finally released a shirt that we probably were well overdue for. Get that bitch a dilly bar at loisrules.com. Of course, Batwingen's over there. Tony freaking Shivani, someone to tussle with. The goddamn Candyman, an AEW style WHW shirt. Straight out of Craigsville, Blumpkin Mania, Tony Reed's rap. That's going to put some butts in the seats. Cooter Palooza. You got to go check it out. LoisRules.com. And don't forget, when you pick up a shirt at LoisRules.com, you get a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. You get a shirt. Uh, hello, I'm Mike Tanay. 
I'm no longer in the wrestling business. No one can find me. Shivani's tried to call me. I won't answer my calls. But I want to bring in here the Macho Man Randy Savage to talk about this giveaway. Macho Man. Oh, yeah. I met with Eric Bischoff last night. Uh-huh. Brought him into my room late. Told him to just make himself at home in the den. I had 40 beers there on ice ready to go in my little dining room because they got me a sweet because I'm the goddamn Macho Man. I didn't have Slim Jims. Uh-uh. I had a seafood buffet. I had lobster. I had crab. I had shrimp. And why was I doing this? I was whining and dining him. I was going to get as much money out of this motherfucker as I could. And the the go-to, the thing I knew I'd do that he couldn't resist, I invited him when I was manscaping. That's right. I had no no hair, chin down. Manscaping, no hair, chin down. What in the world is he talking about? Manscaping, no hair, chin down. You mean you had no hair on your balls and your gimmick? That's exactly right. I had no hair on the base of my dick. I had no hair on my balls. I had no hair on my ass. I was as bald as a baby's, and my dick looked like this right here. It was big. It was bulbous. And I said, Eric Bischoff, you can't possibly fuck with me. Not at Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc. This goddamn show is named after me. Give me all the money. And then I showed him my Slim Jim, and I'm going to reach in here, and I'm going to pull out my new contract. Uh, wait a minute. Here's what it says in your contract. The next time you meet with Eric Bischoff, you must have at least some hair on your pubic area above your penis. Well, that's bullshit. I also ordered some more beers because I wanted there to be a witness that I was naked in a room with Tony Schiavone. He couldn't deny me my new contract if there were witnesses. So I had room service come in. And this other president, one of the most powerful men in all of entertainment, and me, naked in a room together. Joke's on you, Eric Bischoff. I got paid. Aha, uh-huh, joke's on you. Okay. What does, what, what does the uh, card say, Randy? It says that you can never leave. You're going to live in Las Vegas forever. <laughs> can never leave? You know what? Maybe I'll end up being at a promotion that goes belly up. Wait a minute. I guess they're still in business. Yeah. And we're both going to try TNA, but we're both going to get shown the door because we're not worth what we negotiated. But that's because I taught you my trick and you showed Dixie Carter your bald to nay dick. Mm. Well, there you go. Plenty of people have saw my bald to nay dick. Yeah. Snap into it. Little macho man, hairless Dick Jones. That's me. Ooh, yeah. Hairless dicks running wild. What you going to do? Hulk Hogan may make more money, but not next year. Let's go back to the ring. There you heard it from hairless Dick Jones. Tony Schiavone, we understand for the first time ever. That's right. We are going to be on simulcast exclusively. We're going to simulcast a pay-per-view. Hang on. Ah. Really? Let me ask this. Why are they showing this during the pay-per-view? Because if you're watching the pay-per-view, you don't need to open up your fucking Netscape and listen to the pay-per-view because, you know, you're already watching the goddamn pay-per-view. I understand that. I can't understand, but uh, I'd like to say that one of these days I'm going to be the world champion. By the way, right? by the way, that guy at the computer, yeah. that's Nam Win. That's our accountant. No, it's not. No, but we could go with it. <laughs> okay. I, you just, you never know. You know, all these people come back around. Okay. Right now, Give he's uh, he's wanting to buy a ticket. Chris Jericho is. He just said, type in La Champion. All right. I'm here with Dean Malenko. Dean, we understand that you have a lot of great jokes for the fans, that you're really a funny guy. Uh, and uh, I was just wondering if you could tell us some of your jokes uh, right now. Yeah, I can. A blind man walks to a bar and a table and a chair. <laughs> a guy walks to a bar carrying jumper cables. The bartender says, hey, pal, don't start anything in here. 
<laughs> so a horse walks into a bar and to the bartender asks, why the long face? The horse says, crippling depression, alcoholism is his only escape. A skeleton walks into the bar and says, hey, bartender, give me a pint and a mop. <laughs> Two chemists walk into a bar. The first chemist says, I'll have a glass of H2O. The second chemist says, I'll have a glass of H2O too. And the second chemist dies. Aha, uh-huh, aha. Uh-huh. What the fuck is wrong with you? Those are the type jokes Steve Malenko would, would tell. <laughs> I walked by him the other day in catering. I had a banana in my hand. He said, oh, banana. That really has some appeal. And how about okay. the fifth member of the NWO, the mm-hmm. million dollar man, Ted DiBiase with Mike Jones <laughs> who? who, and of course, Paul white, the giant, and he's got mm-hmm. the U S championship over his shoulder. That's not the original U S championship. That's a slight redesign done by Joe Marshall, Jamar out of the Midwest <laughs> back when he was still delivering belts. And uh, it looks like. They're going to uh, be setting up the match with Jeff Jarrett that was teased earlier. And the promo that Jeff Jarrett did is one of the funniest promos ever. We talked over it and we shit on Jeff and he's a great friend of the show and we're sure he's having fun in WWE and Roll Tide. But that promo, he said something like, ho ho, giant, you may beat my ass, but I'll tell you one thing, you will not choke slam me. And I don't know why, but I think that might be my favorite new thing. When you just come in and you say, I'm going to lose and I'm going to get the shit kicked out of me. However, I'm not letting you hit your finish. <laughs> By the way, over the weekend, I don't know if you saw, but K state hit their finish over and over and over on Oklahoma. Yep. I, I know they did. And Jr. sent me a great text. He said, the v- the defense left their nuts in Norman. <laughs> wow, forty eight points for K State. Yeah. Yikes! Uh, Kansas State scored seventeen points in the second quarter and seventeen points in the third quarter. Thirty four points in those two quarters. Meanwhile, wow. Oklahoma in those quarters had six. That's the wow. story. Oklahoma mounted a comeback in the fourth quarter. Did really really well in the first quarter. But man, they fell apart right in the middle of the game, second and third quarter. And the result is uh, Oklahoma, who was ranked pretty high, womp, 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 wound up landing around number 10. Yeah. And K-State handed them that ass whooping. Never know what from one week to the other what's going to happen in college football. Actually, we do know. Let's run through that. Yeah. Because Georgia, who is uh, the team that you pull for, and Arn Anderson pulls four. They're six and one and ranked number eight. Oklahoma, who JR pulls four, they're seven and one and ranked number 10. Texas, who Bruce Pritchard is a fan of, isn't even in the top 25. That's where they are. They lost over the weekend to a scrub team, named TCU. Right. Meanwhile, Alabama, undefeated, eight no. And number two. Ah, who cares? Aha, you were, we're going to bring that up, were you? No, no, we're going to bring that up that LSU was number one now. You well, were going to ignore that. No, 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 I no, no, bring it up there's no you. ignoring it because here's why Alabama play Alabama and LSU were both off this coming week. True or false? Uh, right. True. And then they play in Tuscaloosa. Right. So number one is going to play number two. It doesn't matter who's one or two. They're both playing next. And then 
the cheese stands alone. It'll be Alabama. Number one, Ohio state, number two, Clemson, number three, Penn state, number four, LSU will fall to number five. And, uh, I mean, Georgia at this point can just go fuck themselves. Wow. You really got this all planned out. Don't you No, That's what's going to happen. Oh, how much would, how much would you pay to see Francine in that outfit? Uh, boy, there's a lot of money I'd pay for that. Give me a number. Let me see if I can sell it. Okay. Hey, so listen, I, uh, I do want to send a shout out to Francine because I know she had some, uh, an operational procedure done this week. Uh, and, uh, she put that on social media. And uh, she, I, I sent her a text and wished her all the best. And so we certainly wish her the best. Because she's, uh, she's a great uh, a friend of the podcast, her and her husband both. We certainly do uh, say some very, uh, as Conrad would say, unsavory things sometimes. But they get the joke. So our best to her. Well, you've also made it very clear to her and her husband many, many times that your penis is what you would call very non-threatening. Right. So... Oh, well, I, I think I've gone further than that. I think I've, I've said, I want to fuck her. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I just, I just, I just meant you, you didn't have like a big, you didn't have like a big hog on you. No, well, I don't. Uh, but I just want, you know, some blue chew. I take blue chew in two stages, stage one to find it stage two to use it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, here comes the nature boy, Rick Flair. Woo. You know why he's walking out? No. The ring. Because Wendy let him walk out to the ring. Woo! By the way, the story here is um, Jarrett is trying to become an honorary member of the Horseman. Uh-huh. Uh, Flair's on the shelf. He's got a rotator cuff injury, so he's not able to perform. He's going to have surgery. He's really? trying to rehab it, see if he can get around it. He's going to wind up having surgery in Birmingham on it. And uh-huh. to this day, it's the only like still nagging injury that Rick has. You know, really, all those years, all those big bumps. A broken fucking back, but the yeah. only thing that, that he still quote unquote sells right. is the, is the shoulder. Oh, so, and you believe that? Well, he, he has to have help putting on his jacket. So yes. Okay. Just wondering, here we go. You're kind of, you're kind of, uh, you're kind of hating on, on pop pop a little bit. No, I'm not hating on pop pop. I just ask a question. I love, I mean, God, Ric Flair was one of the reasons I got into the business. I love Ric Flair. Absolutely love him. Just absolutely positively love Ric Flair. Cool story. (laughs) (laughs) So this match here, I was going to get two stars. They're going to go nine minutes, uh, 56 seconds. Meltzer would say Jarrett did a really good job carrying giant. who was difficult to pull a good match out of finish. Saw Jarrett get the figure four on the floor, but giant grabbed Jarrett by the throat and broke it and was about to choke slam him. When flair, who was at ringside hit a low blow and referee, Nick Patrick called for the DQ mm. after the match, all the horsemen got in the ring and the giant walked out. Hey, DQs, man. Yep. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. But you know, I hate to say this. If done right, these DQs can work. If done right, but you just can't do too many of them. And it seemed like that back in the day, every time we had two guys that didn't want to do a job, felt uncomfortable about doing the job, that was the compromise. Or you didn't want to have a guy lose. And you know, the, the it's wrestling has changed a great deal since then. Wins and losses, although important, are not seen as, in other words, if you lost a match on TV back in this day, you kind of felt like, 
oh, you felt like the Georgia Bulldogs. We got a loss. How are we going to come back from that? But now you can lose and you can come back from it. You know? It's just wins and losses. I'm not going to say they don't mean as much as they used to, but they're different now. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Thank you. That's all you got to say is yes. Thought you would expound on that a little bit for me, but well, as I mean, a fan, you're the professional broadcaster. Well, I'm a gimmick. Fan. By the way, speaking of gimmicks, we have a, a fun gimmick here on the show called mm. Tony Reed's Rap. Oh Lord, have mercy! And we've got one that is without question our yeah. most requested song ever. For the minute we really? first started doing this, people yeah. wanted us to do this one. Really? Yes. Okay, so the people that wanted me to do this song, I would have to say you're the most degenerate motherfuckers in the world. Okay. Just uh, an opinion. Because I've seen the lyrics and... Uh, what do you think about them? They're, they're horrible. They're horrible? They're terrible. Why do you... They're feel- absolute, how, how could, how could, how could a, a grandfather who just had his granddaughter baptized at a Catholic church on the weekend... And spent the whole weekend with his wonderful extended family in New Jersey. How can I explain to them that this is what I do for one of the things I do for a living? Read this shit. How is it? How is it possible? I mean, you're just, you're just a really shitty grandpa. I don't know. I mean, that's all I got really. <laughs> There's another shirt. I'm a really shitty grandpa. <laughs> So, There's a lot of them out there. Okay. So do you want to tell everybody the name of the song you're going to be doing today? <clears throat> the name of the song that uh, I, I'm forced to do. Force. Again, yes. Force. Okay. I have a gun okay. to your head right now. Right. It's a very long barrel, thanks to Blue yeah. Shoe. It reaches all the way from Alabama to New York City. Okay. It's called Slob on My Knob. Well, um, let me know when you're ready for me to drop that funky beat, and away we'll go. Drop the funky beat, please. Okay. Slob on my knob like corn on the cob. Check in with me and do your job. Lay on the bed and give me head. Don't have to ask. Don't have to beg. Juicy is my name. Sex is my game. Let's call the boys. Let's run a train. Squeeze on my nuts. Lick on my butt. The natural curly hair, please don't touch. First, find a mate. Second, find a place. Third, find a bag to hide the hoof. Hi, the whole face. Real name Rover. I said, bend over. I started to knock. Then came the odor. Smelled like mush. Shouldn't had a whoosh. Told her to stop and take a douche. <laughs> While she did that, I didn't want the cat, so I found out and never came back. Suck my little dick or something. <laughs> Suck my little dick or something. Suck my little dick or something. Suck my little dick or something. My homie D Magic, they said they said they had to have it. I said just forget it. It's too crabby. I know a little freak in Hollywood sucks on dick, does it real good. She'll give you money, fill up your tummy. House full of kids, parents all shummy. Once I had a down backyard ground, hit it from the back, enjoy the sound, lay on the cover, always use the rubber. Till I got caught, 
fucking with her mother. It's bad news. She blamed it on me. We fought in the street. She pulled out a knife. Called up the boy. Went to her house. Charged the whole place. Threw the bitch out. Police busted in. Where the fella's at? We left just in time and never came back. Rolled through the hood, waving at the freaks. Who's sniffing all the rocks and smoking all the gigs. Made another stop. Police station. Saw a few cops. Drove by and sprayed them. License tag number. A brother that he saw bogus all the time never got caught. And again, suck my little dick or something. 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 Who's, uh, whose song is this? Three this? Six Mafia! Finally got some uh, Memphis on here. Wow. Uh, smelled like mush. Shouldn't had a whoosh. Told her to stop and take a douche. Yikes. You don't like that one? Till I got caught fucking with her mother. Yikes. What do you think? One of your favorites? Uh, I uh, squeeze on my nuts, lick on my butt. The natural curly hair. Please don't touch. I think your favorite was first find a mate, second find a place. Third, find a bag to hide the whole face. Hide the whole face. When that you, was good. You fucking died on hide the whole face. <laughs> <laughs> I think Where? my God favorite bless. is going to be one day when you're talking to JR and catering. You know, yeah. talking about old went old ladies from back in the day, and you're like, this one, that one. And then you ask him about it, and he's like, just forget it. It's too crabby. <laughs> Speaking of crabby, the Giants yeah. feeling pretty crabby right now as <clears throat> Jeff Jarrett's biting his nose, mm. trying to get down out of that big bear hug, that big, nasty, mean giant, mm-hmm. which is, you know, re- pretty remarkable. You may remember that this is the one year anniversary of the giant dying a horrendous death, being thrown off the Cobo hall Wow, in Michigan. Oh, down he goes. Yeah, it is the one-year anniversary of that. It's back in uh, the archives. I think we've done that show. And the, the one-year anniversary of uh, the Yeti uh, fucking Hulk Hogan in the ass as well. Oh, wow. That escalated. Yeah. Boy, did it ever that night. Just didn't expect you to, to, to say such coarse language like that. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Not after I said, uh, find a hoe, put a bag on her head, whatever. How about, you know, the... The wordsmith that Juicy J is. Yeah. Knew a little I, I, freak in Hollywood. Sucks on dick. Does it real good. Like, yeah. I, that that right there, that's real. That's penmanship, man. He's that is penmanship. It's pretty obvious when he ran out of things to say, he would just say, suck my little dick or something. Actually, I mean, he, that's, he never said that. I, I tweaked that for you. Oh, you did? There's another word in there that you won't say on the show. Oh, thank you. So I was just trying to look out for you. I appreciate that. By the way, I was told we had a listener, mm-hmm. uh, who hit us up and said, Hey, by the way, uh, if you just go, um, change the word to fella, it works. Yeah. Instead of guy. Uh, yeah. If you don't want to drop the in bomb, which I don't. Right. 
You just go fella. Fella. Okay. Fella. Okay. I'll use that next time. And I, I, I've never tried that before, mm -hmm. but I thought, you know what? I'm going to run that past Tony. Yeah, we'll do that. But I, I mean, I, I cleaned up all the end bombs in this one for you. So th this, this word had it, it was probably four or five times. And then the chorus was literally every line, but I thought, you know, since you often talk about how you have a little one mm, boy or know. something, yeah. Suck a little dick or something. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. I have a feeling I know. <laughs> I have a feeling I know. Oh yeah. What, I figured out the lyric now. I got I feel it. Like the lyric, <laughs> I know what the word little substituted for. Uh, so flair, <laughs> so flair, uh, gets the DQ. How about and now you're the horse in the jean jacket? Yeah, man. By the way, this is the show where the day before Arn Anderson realized I'm fucked. Drop the weights at a gym here in Las Vegas. Power through the match. Nobody knew. But he realized I've got real problems in my hand right now. And he's got Barry Windham coming up in this, in this show as well. No, he's got Lex Luger. Oh, that's what I meant. Lex Luger. I'm sorry. Lex Luger coming up in the show as well. I guess they all run together at your advanced stage. Yeah, boy. At my advanced stage, they sure do. So uh, I guess we should mention you're going to be in Charleston, West Virginia. This uh, weekend. Uh, this week. Today. Today, Wednesday. Right. Are you um, excited to be back with your people? Uh, first of all, I'm from Virginia, not West Virginia, but oh. I'm excited to be in West Virginia because, uh, I, uh, I haven't been there in quite a while and they're great wrestling fans. <laughs> also, I think I'm going to be, uh, I think I'm going to be something doing something very unique on that show. So you're not going to be hearing that much of me. What? Yep. You'll just have to watch and see. What does that mean? I'm going to be doing something very unique on that show. So you're not going to hear that much of me. You may be seeing a lot of me, but not hearing a lot of me. Well, so, uh, good. I hear so enough of your ass this week on the show. Okay. What What's he All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're here to build more of Ted Turner's money. I brought all my WWF brethren with me. This guy on my left, you used to know him as Virgil, but now jokes on you, Vince. Ha, this is Vincent. And behind me, we don't own the one, two, three kid. So we took all those numbers, added them up. Fuck it. That's six. But we like West coast rap and by we, I mean, Kevin Nash and Scott hall. So we've decided we're going to call him six S Y X X. And he's going to have a little S Y X X with China one day. And you don't know who that is, but in a few months you will. That's right. And I'm here to tear my asshole in that very ring tonight. <laughs> by the way. He's a good podcast that I think a lot of people thought went away because he missed a week or two there somewhere, but the, um, you should go check out X Pac one, two, 360. It's, it's, it's a good show. He does in the studio, doesn't he? It's very professional, you know, in, right. a, in a time when there, there's not a lot of uh, professional podcasts out there. Right. X Pac one, two, 360 is legit. Uh, and it, it's still around. Check it out after buzz is the, uh, the host of that. And you can get the video version as well. You couldn't find, Hey, look at those horsemen foam fingers. I got one of those. You couldn't find a more polite, enjoyable, respectful human being 
than Sean Waltman, which exactly. is kind of fun because his character is just this asshole, but right. that's not him at all. Yeah. Sean is a great kid. You're right. A more res- can't find a more respectful human being than Sean Waltman. I agree. Which brings me to this point. Oh no. No, really. You ever thought about you and I doing our podcast video wise video as we're recording it as well. Yes. Audio wise. Yes. I've thought about that. Uh huh. And I'm for it. I didn't think you were. Yeah, I'm for it. Well, I, I mean, I, I've got a, my, my uh, MacBook pro, which I have here on the road as a camera. And, uh, I'm sure you've got a, wherever you can be, you got a camera on. Well, I know you got a camera cause you used to do that thing with Bruce. I've got, so, um, I've got big plans for us in the new year. Oh man. I can't wait. You know, what's good about the new year for you and me. What's the new year. Well, starting in April, starting in April, I have all weekends with the exception of when we do an AEW pay-per-view, I have all weekends available cause I've resigned from the baseball team. So we can, we can actually go out and go on the road our, again, on, on the road again. Yeah. April, I May. can't wait to get on the road again. Here he is. There's our Chris. Yeah. Little bit of the bubbly. Our champion. By the way, he is brand new to WCW at this point, which is why he's, um, white meat, baby face number seven. Yeah. But still one hell of an in-ring performer. How about that even, jacket? That was his rock and roll jacket before he was even in a band. Yeah. Even, even today, one hell of a performer. I think even more so now, I think Jericho as, as a character has gotten better with each, with each passing year. I agree. You know, where, where maybe, and you know what, if I'm honest with you, that's like Ric Flair's playbook Flair, you know, whenever he's questioned about like the Flair flop and you know, the, the comedic aspects of his performance, he would say that as his, um, physical skills started to deteriorate, he would compensate by upping the entertainment. And I'm not suggesting that Jericho's physical in ring skills have deteriorated. He's still in tremendous shape, but I am saying that as he's gotten older, he's gotten more entertaining, which is really, really unique. No, that that's a sign of a, that's a sign of a guy who's, who's got it. And Chris Jericho's got it to me. The, uh, the second show that we did when Chris Jericho came out and grabbed the microphone, and introduced his, uh, inner circle. I thought that was the best part of the show. And Jericho is, has become for AEW a great world champion, I think. And, um, the right man has the belt. If you ask me right now in this business. And he's become a mega star. He really has. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens at full gear. Because, yeah, it sure uh, will be. A lot of people are, are picking, uh, codes, uh, the codester to do the upset. I don't think it's an upset. Well, anytime you beat the champion to be an upset. Hey, speaking of that, look at this. Yo, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. I got uh, Kevin Sullivan to my left. Yeah. About big, big Bubba right behind him. And man, did you see the big hair on that chick? Yes, sir, man. Golly. I think it was the sixties. 
Hey, so, um, there's a lot of women on this show. Yeah. How about that? Where are they? Las Vegas. Okay. Oh, a lot of women in the stands. Yeah. 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 Okay. I got you. I'm just saying more than normal. Okay. For a wrestling show, but right. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of the, uh, the ladies. I know in the main event, we're going to see miss Elizabeth right before that. We'll yeah. see sister Sherry. And yeah. right before that, we'll see both woman and Deborah. Yeah. So I'm just letting you know, we've got one more match uh-huh. with no women. And okay. then the last three matches, it's women on women on women. Ooh, women on women, which I know you like, cause you got woman, right. you got Deborah, you got Sherry, you got Liz. Out of all those, who, who was your, your favorite? Well, favorite. Yeah. Why'd you say favorite? Oh, it's just a different, no, I didn't mean it that way at all. I was okay, just, yeah. my, my favorite, <clears throat> my favorite was, uh, my favorite was Deborah. Hmm. What about Deborah was most appealing to you? Uh, I asked because you recently talked about, uh, Selena at MLW and you used the phrase supple breasts and it caught me off guard that you would talk like that on this, on this program. Really supple breasts. Really, really offensive. Yeah. I don't want to offend anybody. Um, uh, what I like about Deborah was her firm breasts. Oh, see, I thought since we already covered breasts, you may have said you were into the folds. Into the folds, the folds. Yeah. You're not about the folds. I'm all about the folds. Okay. I got it now. I I don't know. I've never, I've never, no, I'm not into the folds. Really? Yeah. How are you not into the folds? The folds are the best part. Really? Yeah. Well, there you go. You're out. You're really out on the folds. Uh, Apparently I am because to be very honest with you, I have no idea what they fucking are. Okay. Is that anything like the camel toe? Yeah. When a man loves a woman, you know what I mean? Yeah. The fold. Well, oh, got it. Got it. Yeah. No, I'm still liking the breast. Okay. Meanwhile, pretty good match going on here. Jericho is brand new and the, uh, six. X-Pac, one, two, three, kid. Oh my gosh. How have I buried the lead? Did you read the observer this week? No, I did not. You ran it. Apparently there was a scandal. I was in it. Dude, how I just, I didn't worry you out about it because I assumed everybody else had already hit you up about it. Right. No, I don't know anything about this. When the observer came out last Thursday, they had a scandal in catering and I thought that you were going to bring it up, but I, I guess you brought your lunch this week and you normally just eat in catering, but this week you brought your lunch, like in a, in a lunch box and you left it behind and a female performer on the roster found it. And it was, it wasn't like a bologna sandwich in there, a fried bologna sandwich or fried bologna grilled cheese or some sort of canned beef stew from Aldi. It was like a collection from your WCW days of hand turkey dicks that you had drawn through the years right on TBS and on TNT mm-hmm. and i guess like you like legitimately offended a lot of people that not only did you have 
sort of like the plaster caster from rock and roll, all of these gentlemen sort of sketch their gimmick on construction paper, but you also left it behind sort of to share it with the world. And you probably thought it was like a gag on Jr. her, but a lady found it and she had, you know, like decades of hand Turkey dicks in a, in a lunchbox. It's the ultimate Tony Schiavone collectible. If you listen to this show, but out of context, I could see how hand Turkey dicks could get you some real heat. Hey, I could see that too. Since I only just heard about him a week ago. Well, I don't know what y'all were calling them back then. No, oh, okay. but I mean, I know that, I mean, you've told the story here in the early days of WHW that that was one of the things look at six here. Wow. How far ahead of the time was that in 1996? Yeah. Absolutely. But you, uh, cause by the way, Tony, I don't know if you've heard, that's the hardest part of the ring right there. Yes. The, the apron is, um, uh, credit them both with that spot. Speaking of being real hard, you, mm. you and Klondike bill got into the hand Turkey dick business back in 83. And so now you've got, you know, hand turkey dicks from 83, 84, 85, 86, 87, 88, 89, 90, 91, 92, 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, 2000. And you started to wind it down to 2001. But what I noticed based on the observer, and this is all in this week's issue that you got the guys to sign it and date it. And there was a bit of a theme. Was this like a starcade tradition? The hand turkey dicks? No, but I remember walking into the bank and he said, uh, Mr. Chivani, what type of business? We'd love to give you a small business loan. What type of business do you and Mr. Solowico have? And I said, hand turkey dick business. You're so full of shit. Is that what the banker said to you? <laughs> the banker didn't think it was serious business. If there's one thing I know for sure, it's that hand turkey dicks are serious business. Well, they have been because they kind of lit up the internet the last couple of weeks. Well, yeah, because this is like finding buried treasure. First of all, I'm jealous that you have had this, this entire time. I was just at your house. You didn't break out this lunchbox and show me. And by the way, for those of you at home, yes, it was a kiss lunchbox. It's one of those old Dave Batista collectible ones, but it was a kiss lunchbox filled to the brim overflowing with famous wrestler hand turkey dicks. And I understand from talking to Bruce Pritchard, the biggest hand turkey dick would have been the Batistas. Well, he's never confirmed it. He won't even talk about it. Hand mm -hmm. he Bruce's mums the word on on turkey dicks in general, but specifically with mm. Batistas. How about that drop kick? Come on, Nick. Jesus Christ. Looking back on this, they the referee in the neck brace did not fucking work at all. You know why they're doing it. Well, yeah, I know why they're doing it. Why are they doing it? For a storyline. What's the story? Nick turning NWO. Well, then why are you shitting on it? Because Man. it doesn't. It, because you can do a storyline without it being a part of every match. What a nice pinning combination! Hadn't seen that one in a while. Yeah. What would you call that? La Mahi Fisherman Straw Cradle. Mm -hmm. A Mahi Straw Cradle. Yeah, well, let's roll with that. Go on about your business there, Excalibur. There you go, buddy. What I'm saying. Here comes the slaughter. Oh. Middle rope springboard. One, two, two count.
By the way, that wasn't what that was. I just made it up. Yeah, but I know, you, but it sounded good. Yeah, you bought it. Yeah. Did I sell the hand turkey dicks enough, or should I go back to it a little more? Yeah, no, you sold them, man. You sold me on it. You made me wanted to buy one. Oh, that's excellent. In the new year, we're doing that. Limited well, edition hand turkey dicks. What we'll do is we'll have you, I don't know if you remember, but back in the nineties, do you remember this? No. Okay. Do you remember Bo Derek? Oh yeah. 10 perfect. 10. She did a pay-per-view. Yeah. Do you remember this? Uh, no, I don't. She She did a pay-per-view in the nineties. She did a pay-per-view where she painted, uh, she got naked. Okay. And she used her naked body to do paintings. She went on David Letterman to promote it. And I think that we could do that with you and hand Turkey dicks. You could dip your freshly manscaped balls into some paint. Jesus. And between the different paint color combinations and the different construction color combinations and you do you having a little bit of creative license. We could make some really cool stuff. <sighs> hey, you know okay. what? Let's do a little promotion. But since tomorrow's Halloween, if you're listening to our show and you go carve a pumpkin in honor with of you? WHW. How about if I carve a pumpkin with my dick? How's that sound? Is that what you're going to be doing this week on AEW? Oh. Wait, what do you think Mike Tanay is saying to Lex Luger here? Uh, Lex, uh, I'm going to ask you about uh, your match coming up against Arn Anderson. Well, here's what I got to say about Arn Anderson. You see that? His dick is only this, the size between my thumb and my finger. Because the fact is, Arn Anderson, you were in the gym just yesterday, and you do not have feelings in your right hand anymore. So I'm going to take you out. That's right. I may be able to legitimately win a match. Because as we know, if wrestling was real... I could not win a fucking match. Why? Because I don't know how to do a, a clothesline. I don't know how to do an elbow drop. I don't know how to do a backslide. I don't know how to do a top rope double axe handle. Hell, I can't even do a figure four. But the fact is, I look better than you, Arn Anderson. Bring it on, baby. Because me, with my fingers drawing that line across on these interviews, much better than you. And the fact is, Arn, I'll always make a bigger payday than you. Because I'm Lex Luger, the total package. Can't wrestle, but I look damn good. Even here in 1996, years after I first debuted in wrestling, I still look good. I'm all oiled down. I've got the biggest traps in the world. What do you think? I got I got the biggest traps in the world. Um, so now it's time for Arn Anderson and Lex Luger, right? So, uh, you know, I, I don't think we need to go into this, uh, turkey hand dick business. No, no, hang on. Hand, now. Hang, wait, hey, here's, I don't... here's what I was getting to. Okay. Tomorrow's Halloween. Carve a okay. pumpkin tonight for WHW. Yeah. And we'll get you a t-shirt. So if you, if you have the best WHW themed pumpkin, you win a t-shirt. So what we're going to do is we want you to submit these to at WHW Monday on Twitter. Send us your picture of your WHW pumpkin. doesn't have to be the letters WHW, anything related to our show. 
We'll post them on Twitter and we'll let the fans vote who had the best WHW themed pumpkin. And the winner gets uh, a little prize pack autographed eight by 10, some, some buttons, some cool swag, some cool trading cards you've never seen before, but most importantly, pick anything you want over at lowestreels.com. Any shirts you'd like, boom on the way. Again, the marketing genius is at it again. I just think it would be cool to see some WHW themed pumpkins. I've got a Taz oh. pumpkin on my front porch right now. <laughs> He's, he was a Halloween gimmick, as you well know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to get into that because I like Taz. I do too. I but I mean, he was orange and black, brother. Um, Help me understand that you, you're, we got a hand turkey dick shirt coming up on lowestrolls.com. You don't want that? You really got a hand turkey. Who would, who would walk down the street with a shirt that said hand turkey dick? <laughs> Hell <no. laughs> huh? First of all, the shirt's not going to say that. It's just going to be our actual hand turkey dicks. Oh, it's going to be actual a drawing of a penis, a drawing of a no, dick. No, no, it's a, it's a turkey. What's wrong with you? It's a turkey, but how's it a hand turkey dick? Well, how's it a hand turkey? It's a turkey, but we drew it with our hand. Well, this is a turkey that we drew. With our penis. Here's the thing. Yep. You, you, you think this is like something people who would, who would wear that? We've got a shirt that says the panty monster on Klondike uh, street. We've got another shirt that says hard to beat. We've got yeah. one that says Klondike. We've yeah. got, uh, elegante baloney. We got yeah. finger licking cat bath. Uh, we, we got, we got cat bath. We yeah. got slap dicks. I mean, you're acting like we don't have a Parker's jump rope Academy or a, you can't fake hepatitis yeah. or what a slap dick or, or hot yeah. tag express or, right. or, or flare hit at first or slap dick nation. I mean, like we have a low key big hog shirt. We have a fat Nostradamus. We have a picture. that's just an arrow pointing to your penis that says big Josh. We have an outline of the state of Alabama that says we win championships and fuck our cousins. We've got a bill's glass bottom boat ride. We've got a kayfabe I, BHJ. We've got, okay, we've got a shirt I got that it. legitimately says shy shitter. It's a, it's a drawing of a man on a toilet that says shy shitter. We've got another shirt that says blumpkin mania. And do you think us drawing a Turkey is somehow worse than a shirt that says bat winging? What the fuck are you talking about? We have a shirt that says the goddamn candy man. All of our shirts are shit shows at lowestrules.com. We've even got the handicap placard and it says life gigged me. We're making fun of handicap and people who shit and people shoot inordinate amount of sperm out of their penis. We've even got an FMW show that says fuck me wrestling. We've got just one shitty shirt after another at lowestrules.com. And you're over here like who would wear that? Okay. I agree. Sorry, my fault. Shouldn't have shouldn't have said it like that. You're exact. So buy them turkey dick hand shirts or turkey hand. Buy them shirts right now at losrules.com. By the way, I want to remind you that you fired Steve Austin because he wore black trunks and black boots. Oh, let's not get into that. I did not fire Steve Austin. You personally did. And now Arn Anderson out here, black trunks, black boots. Lex out here, black trunks, black boots. Wrong thing to do. By the way, when you, um. This was a sign here. This uh, was the, did, did you ask Eric why this happened? No, but I know okay. what you're going to say. This is a sign that the agents weren't paying enough attention. It's a sign that we were, we, we had too much going on. I think we needed a continuity director in the back. Do you have one now for AW? 
Uh, somewhat. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say I could do that job. Cause I, mean, I, lot I, of I, I can't get hired over there. I've been trying. Oh yeah. Oh yes, you can. You could get hired tomorrow. What would I do? So don't start. Don't start that bullshit. What you would get I, hired tomorrow. What would you, what would you recommend me to do? Me? I, I, I'd recommend you, uh, working in our social media department. Well, I mean, Jeff Jones does that work with him. Oh, I can't, I can't have Jeff as my boss. He's mean. Okay. Jeff would be very mean. You know, Jeff's so mean. I had friends yeah. quit talking to me cause Jeff was mean to him. Process yeah. that. I, they quit talking to me. Because Jeff, Jeff was, was mean, mean to, to them. them. I, I get it. He, I got, he is a, he, that's secondhand mean punishment. Uh, I got secondhand punishment and I didn't do nothing. Right. I get it because he is a mean guy, but I think you can work in our social media department. I think you can work in our, you could get a job with AEW today, but can I you got to sell, sell mortgages. Can I, I negotiate with you? Nope. I mean, sure why not? I, I negotiated for you. Why can't you negotiate for me? Uh, because I'm not as good at it as you are. <laughs> oh yeah. I forgot about that. All right. So what do you think about this match? How, what, how many stars did this freaking match get? Well, I'll let you guess. All right. I got two and a half. Two and three quarters. You're really close. Yeah. All right. I would say better than you think, considering Luger was involved. It was typical Luger Anderson match where both were working hard. Luger hit Anderson in the back three times with a chair to gain revenge of the angle on Nitro, then put him in the rack and Anderson submitted. After the match to set up the next angle, Anderson did a stretcher job and they explained he was taken to the hospital. And that Flair and Jarrett went with him to explain why they weren't there for the next angle. Of course, Tony Schiavone could have done a better job explaining all of this, but instead he was busy adjusting his chair to make sure it was higher than the American <laughs> dream, Dusty Rhodes, and the greatest talent our industry's ever known, Bobby the Brain Heenan, who definitely doesn't call me every week with updates. Well, there you go. It's an amazing story about Arn Anderson, about uh, his. Uh, his back and what happened to him lifting weights and everything right before this, by the way, we, uh, we're on a roll with that show. Uh, we just yesterday dropped a new episode with him. And it was about one of your favorite moments in wrestling. When Ric Flair came back to WCW in September of 1998 in Greenville, South Carolina, we play that whole segment and get his reaction to it. But we talk about, you know, how really Arn was in a unique spot because it's his best friend who's fighting with his boss. So he's got loyalty to his family to keep this job going. But at the same time, he's got loyalty to his best friend. Who's really responsible for him having the job in the first place. So he is in maybe the worst spot of all as Eric is up there giving speeches saying nobody in here ever drew a dime and I'm going to bankrupt his family. And it's a tough spot for Arn to be in. I don't think anybody has explored it the way we did. So check it out. If you haven't already, just look for Arn, A-R-N, anywhere you enjoy podcasts or go to Arn Show Live uh, or ArnShow.com, TheArnShow.com or ArnShow.com. But we do have a live show coming up and I wish you could join us, but you've got fucking football, but we're going to be uh wrestle K doing our very first live show together. ArnShowLive.com. And you and I, before you know it, gosh, like two weeks from now. We'll be in Nashville, which is going to be pretty cool. Me, you, and JR. Right after uh, the big AEW show in Nashville, we're going to head up the street to Zany's and tell some stories. And I know for sure that we've got uh, a handful of AEW talent who've already texted me and asked if they could come check it out. So 
the stars of AEW, and of course the voice of voices of your childhood will be there. Go to supershowlive.com right now. If you'd like to pick up tickets, they're just 30 something bucks. We'll be doing a meet and greet after the Moscow mules are going to be flowing. It's going to be a good time. Going to be an exciting time for all of us to be there and be part of the show. And I can't wait. And, uh, so this should be a lot of fun. Now they're working on the outside. Amazing that Arn Anderson, even after what happened to him would go in here and work like this. I, I again, I don't know the story of, of, uh, K dog here and no. So the Bubba. idea is that they're the dungeon of doom and they're scouting the four horsemen. The dungeon of doom is still alive. Yes. Okay. And specifically they're looking at Arn Anderson because they've got a real problem with, uh, Chris Benoit because Chris Benoit has been putting his penis inside of Kevin Sullivan's wife over and over and over in hotel rooms across the country. Right. And Kevin Sullivan is not happy about that. So he wants to make sure that Arn Anderson as Chris Benoit's friend has to pay the price Mm -hmm. for putting the tip of his penis inside of his wife. That is uh, that's a hell of a storyline. Yeah. And it's, um, got a lot of people talking in the business. Yeah. Sure does. It sure does. By the way, lots of good stuff coming up too. Steve McMichael and Chris Benoit against Megan Barbarian is next. And that's where we'll see this angle with uh, Sullivan after, but then Hull and Nash taking on Harlem heat way better than you expect. Probably the best outsiders match. Uh, really, really good. Uh, and then Hogan Savage in the main event. And, you know, I know people at this point were making fun of these guys for being old and over their, you know, over the hill and past their prime, whatever yeah, I, cliche who, you want to use. Who was making fun of this? The WWE? The WWE. And a lot of fans of got behind it. They wanted the younger stars. But, you know, as we've pointed out many times, that's all stupid, man. It's all, it's all just in the way it's presented because, and I know everybody knows where I'm about to go, but it's 1996 here. And, you know. If we're being honest with ourselves, Hulk Hogan's only 43 here. I mean, what the fuck? Right. When you really think about that, right? Well, yeah, age is, it, look, age is only a thing. If you make a deal out of, make a big deal out of it. You, you think older performers in their forties can't, can be cheered on by the younger set. You gotta, you think in your mind that because of all this research, say we, we, we want to reach out to the younger kids. That means you got to have younger kids performing. Well, it was just, it was the easy thing to, to poke at, but like you and I have spent a lot of time talking about how great Chris Jericho is today. He's 40. Right. Chris Jericho today is five years older than Hulk Hogan and, and, and Randy Savage in the main event right. of this show. Right. I mean, goddamn. Right. Goddamn is right. And by the way, Arn Anderson, who we all agree and, and, and joke about here a lot on the show has always looked like he was born 47. You mm-hmm. want to guess how old he was here? Arn Anderson would be, I'll see if Jericho's 40. I don't know how, how old Arn Anderson would have be here. My age. He's 38. Wow. Arn Anderson right here is the exact same age as me today. 38. Wow. It'd be like if, you know, I dropped a microphone tomorrow and realized I just can't do it anymore. And I had to hang up from pot. I had to retire from podcasting forever. My podcasting yeah. career was, was cut. 
Sure. Well, hope that'll never happen. Watch out here. No, it will. Bam. I'm retiring next year. That's it. No, you're not. Who's going to take your place? Casio? Nobody. Nobody wants this show to continue. People yeah. want it to just die a merciful death. Right. Yeah. You you know what? Again, you listen to the, uh, you get, you listen to the voices of the idiots. Oh no, I don't listen. People love this show. This one, a poll. I don't know that you saw this, but some fan ran a poll over the weekend that said, Hey, what's your favorite of all the Conrad podcasts? And he included all of them, but Eric, which made me laugh. Uh, cause you know, Twitter will only do four options on a poll. So he just okay. took Eric's off. Uh, but you won. Wow. You know why? Because we have fun on this show. Yeah. That's what wrestling is about. It's about fun. That's why I'm enjoying AEW so much. I'm having fun every Wednesday. Hell, I'm having fun on Tuesday when we do the production meetings. Fun. If you're having fun, if we're having fun doing the show, the listeners or the viewers, if it were a TV show, are having fun as well, I think. Come on. Lay all those chair shots in, Lex. Jesus Christ. Now he's going to rack him and that's going to be the end of the show or end of the match. Need continuity directors, man, these guys with <laughs> Mark Curtis turn around. Think I could get a uh, continuity job with you guys. I think you could. That'd be cool, man. Thank you. Work in the continuity department as guys walking out and say, Nope, you guys have to change it up. Think you could put in a good word for me? Sure, I can. How about the rack? There it is. This is Arn Anderson's last match, my friend. How about that? I guess it makes sense. Arn Anderson got famous putting over Lex Luger, and he went out putting over Lex Luger. Still with me? Uh oh. It's like we, we lost uh, our amazing, isn't it? We lost you for a minute there. You did? Yeah, I'm having a Comcast outage in my area, as you well know, and you cut out for just a moment. Yep. So I said, uh, it's his last match. And then you had comments right. that no one heard. Never seen Lex Luger before this aggressive with purpose. Well, we really threw out some shit there. When did you know this was his last match? A year later? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really know, uh, how bad a shape he was. I really didn't at that time. And it's funny. I always say, you know, Arn is a good friend and. Arn's a close friend and Arn's, uh, obviously if I was as close a friend as I always say I am, I would have known that. But I think as we got later on in life, we got even closer, Arn and I did. And, uh, so yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't realize how serious all this was, but he took a hell of a rack there, didn't he? Well. There's lots of hell of a racks. Never mind. <laughs> yes, there are. Yes, there are.
Okay. So what are we talking about now? What's next? Slob on my knob, like corn on the cob. We already did that. Okay. You want to do another one? No, hell no. One, one a week's good enough for me. Steve McMichael and Chris Benoit are going to take on Ming and Barbarian. But first we got to stretch her out. The enforcer, the founder of the four horsemen. Founder of the four horsemen was right. And I, I guess we didn't realize we are seeing in many ways, if I can use this term without everybody getting all jacked up about it, a historical moment here, aren't we? Last match, right? Yeah. Last match, man. Arn Anderson leaving the ring for the last time as a performer. We will, uh, we have not heard the last from Arn though. He's going to be at Starcast. I guess now's as good a time as any for us to, uh, talk about Starcast because, uh, just for the listeners of this show, we've got a special offer. If you're going to make it to Baltimore, uh, if you use the promo code, Tony, you can get 50% off. How about that? Tony T O N Y 50% off go to starcast.com. Don't forget. There's two R's in Starcast. On Thursday, we've got a happy hour at Jimmy's at 6.05, then the biggest birthday bash in the history of our great sport, which includes uh, some hellified eating from Jimmy's famous seafood. And we've got some of the biggest names in the history of professional wrestling who are going to be joining us there. And then Tony's going to host a little karaoke after. Friday, we're at Ram's Head Live, and man, it is all about AEW. Uh, we're going to kick things off, though, with something I don't think has ever been done. We made the stars of StarCast, hosted by Colt Cabana, We've got George South. We've got Barry Horowitz. We've got Dwayne Gill. We've got Bobby Starr. Those guys have never had a platform and a microphone like this before. They're going to get to tell some stories that have never before heard. And uh, right after that, we'll kick it off with a boy and his dinosaur. We'll have Jurassic Express sitting down on the Taz show. Taz will be hosting that. And then we've got Excalibur uh, doing a, a stage panel called Killing the Business with the Young Bucks. Then we've got Jim Ross catching up with John Moxley. We've got Kenny McIntosh coming over from across the pond to sit down with the Rhodes family for instead of inside the ropes, we're calling it inside the roads. And then our main event Crockett and Dave Meltzer will be there. Bruce Mitchell will be there. But most importantly, Tony Schiavone will be talking to Jim and David Crockett. Jim has never done anything like this ever before. And then, uh, what we're just calling the Starcast talk show hosted by Taylor Williamson. Lots of stars of AEW will be there and Saturday's all about nostalgia. We've got. The Great American Baltimore with Lex Luger and Magnum TA and Arn Anderson and Ronnie Garvin. I will also have the Great Muda for the first time ever on stage. Sonny Ono will be translating. You can ask a question to the Great Muda. He'll tell his story and Sonny will translate. We've also got Making History with Ron Simmons. He'll be visiting with Scott Hudson. And then something totally unique, World Championship Women with Medusa, Missy Hyatt, and Baby Doll. I don't think that pairing has ever been there before. And after AEW's full gear, we've got the official full gear after party. And if you don't have tickets to that show, you can buy a bundle in Starcast. But if you don't want to go and you want to just go party instead, Jimmy Seafood has a full gear viewing party. Uh, but the after party is going to be the place to be. And then on Sunday, we're calling it Halloween Hangover Brunch and Cosplay Contest. Also at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Lots of cool stuff going on this year, man, with an old school vibe. Sounds like a great lineup, man. Sounds like a, a fantastic lineup, and I look forward to being a part of it. So check it out, starcast.com. Use that promo code TONY, 
and you can save 50% off, including meet and greets with sting in the red, white, and blue for the first time ever. We've also got really, really cool photo ops with guys like the shock master. It's going to look like you're busting through the wall with him. Just really, really cool stuff. How about this for the first time ever? Uh, with some of the enhancement talent we were talking about, you not only get your picture with them, you get to pin them. You're going to lay on top of them, hook the goddamn leg, get your picture. This is an interactive, immersive experience. Get to Baltimore. Use our promo code at starcast.com. Tony T O N Y. You'll save 50% off. And if you can't make it, no big deal. Go order at Starcast on Fight. You can see all these shows. I think it's 11 or 12 panels. Uh, but you also, if you pre order at Starcast on Fight, you get one, two, and three. So it's like 100 hours of content or some crazy shit like that, like 70 shows or some insane number uh, for just 39 bucks. Starcast on Fight.com. You get it live, you get it on demand, you get unlimited replays. It's HD, it's global. You can watch it anywhere. You can get a cell signal or Wi Fi. You don't have to have Wi Fi, but watch it on your phone, your iPad, your computer, smart TV, whatever. Starcast on fight.com. You know, something I never did understand, and I was on the inside on this, I guess, in many ways. Something I never did understand about the Benoit. Nancy angle, Kevin Sullivan angle. Was this an angle that was based on real life or did real life take place because of the angle? I don't know what was first. I think it is a little chicken in the egg, man. Yeah. I kind of really thought it was the angle came first. And then because of the angle and they were together so much that it spurned or spawned a relationship. That was my feeling because back when this angle was going on, like anything else, you know, I always thought everything was work, right? I knew they, they never, they never made me believe anything. And they, and they tried so many times, especially when Vince Russo got there, they tried so many times to work the boys to make you feel that, Oh, the boys think it's an angle. Then they're going to tell everybody else. They're going to tell Meltzer, and it's going to come out to be it's real. Uh, so I thought it was one of those things where they were trying to work the boys. And then afterwards, obviously, Benoit and Nancy became an item and got married and the tragic ending to that. But I always thought it was the angle first. I don't know what was common knowledge back then or what most people thought back then. But it became an angle, right? Real life becomes in the ring. I mean, you know, there was a thing where we're buff. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. uh, Can you imagine if these guys fought in real life? Yeah. <laughs> Serious business. Steve yeah. McMichael and Ming in real life. Yeah. It'd be a hell of a fight, man. Because here's the thing. If Ming, like Mongo's so high on cocaine in this match, that if Ming did bite chunks out of his face, would Mongo yeah. even know? No, he would just look at the chunks and keep on going straight. By the way, to this day, Mongo has one of the funniest lines I've ever heard in the history of my entire life. And that is? He referred to the <laughs> women in his life as being on scholarship. <laughs> and so when when he got a divorce, yeah. he would say, oh, she lost her scholarship. <laughs> Which I think is just... Tremendous. I, I, use, a, I used that word this year in my house. Yeah. And I got a death stare. So apparently yeah. the word was out. 
Yeah. You didn't want to use that. Well, I didn't, I didn't refer to anyone else in my life as being on scholarship, but just the phrase got a little heat. So that let me know that Mongo had slung that word around enough that Rick had used it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I got that. Mongo was at our last star cast. I got to, uh, talk to him a little bit. And for the first time in a long time, he's as irreverent and entertaining as he's ever been before. And he certainly was entertaining, man. And of course, you know, like you said, I mean, you said he may have been on some stuff at this, but it, you know, he was legitimate in NFL badass was Steve McMichael and a legitimate in-ring badass performer was Chris Benoit, man. God, we say it every time. Don't we? Every time we see one of his matches, everything he did was so good and looked so real and so forceful and he could sell, he could just could, man. We talked about our, uh, boy, it's a well-worn thing here on this program, but we talked about our Mount Rushmore of great workers. Chris Benoit is on that Mount Rushmore of great workers. Not necessarily biggest superstars, but great workers. You see over the weekend that the, uh, the horse that hangman Adam page rode to the ring in Chicago died. I did not see that. Yeah. Hunter horse Helmsley or stoning as he was known by his family passed away, uh, this past week in Wisconsin. Uh huh. He got well wishes from hangman to say, may he gallop eternally through the great pasture in the sky. I would echo those sentiments. What did you think of old, old Hunter Horse Helmsley? Did you get a chance to meet him? Uh, Hunter Horse Helmsley? Yeah. Yes. I, by, as a matter of fact, I asked him for a job many times. No, 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 no. The actual animal. Oh, the horse. Horse. Oh, you're talking about the the triple uh, triple H with four legs. Yeah. Uh, never met him. No. It's the a shame. fuck. What? That was really his name, Hunter Horse Helmsley? No, Adam Page just nicknamed that to be funny. Oh, okay. His real name is Stoney. I just said that, but you were Stoney. Looking, Stoney. At Deborah's, looking at Deborah's boobs. <laughs> well, yes, I was. Very firm boobs. Very, very firm. Why didn't the bar, why didn't the barbarian and Ming ever get over as a team? Cause fans didn't give a fuck about them. Why didn't they? I mean, look, the wild Samoans were over, weren't they? No. In their, they, no. in their day, they weren't over. Yeah. In the eighties and uh, Ming and barbarian would have been over in the eighties, but here's the deal. They didn't cut promos and this was the promo era. Yeah. I, you know, you know what you're, you're, I got, I got that. You're, you're exactly right. Here's the thing. Like in order for them to get over. And I'm not saying this to be funny. You got to make me care. Well, why would I, what is there to care? But what do we know about Ming and barbarian that they're badasses? That's all we know that there's some, we don't know anything else. Right. We know that where they live, the, the literal dungeon of doom, they have water. That's not hot. It's, it's, it's startling that it's not hot. Right. That's all we know. Yeah. What was that flip right there? I don't know. By the way, if you're a woman. <laughs> Which I'm not, but if you are. And Ming 
And you know who Ming is. Yes. And I know he's married. So this has never happened. But okay. If you were, if you were a woman, oh my God, oh, just flip him. Right what the fuck? That's some grown man. I know a lot of fans in the crowd didn't react big to that, but that's some grown man shit. <laughs> You're not just, this. just catch a dude and throw it. <laughs> you know what? I take it all back. Tommy young. I'd have done it too. God damn. <laughs> fuck. Um, if Ming hits on you, yeah, you kind of can't say no. Right. I'm not saying he's forcing himself on people, but I'm saying if you right. know, like, but if you well, say, if, if you say yes, that could also be bad. Yeah. Right. You can't say yes. You can't say no. You just got to try to slip out the bathroom. Right. But he was, I mean, take a look at him. He's, he's strong. He's, he's tan. He's handsome. He's a very ruggedly handsome guy. I'm not arguing any of that. I'm just saying okay. as aggressive as we know he can be. Mm-hmm. You got to wonder, like, is this good for your personal health to engage in an activity like that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. He got, he got kind of excited. Right. You, you might have to have a little surgery, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't have to sell. Wow. By the way, did you you're see right. Dolomite over the weekend? Dolomite? I did not, but I saw the trailer to it. I'm sure back in the day you saw Dolomite in theaters, right? I did not. Well, did you see it on TV or VHS? I did not. Do you know what the fuck a Dolomite is? Well, I know that it's an Eddie Murphy thing on Netflix. Oh, Jesus. You don't know about Rudy Ray Moore for real? No, I don't. All right. So Rudy Ray Moore is, uh, he, he did, he did a comedy back in the day and then he decided to sort of like self-finance a movie. And it was like one of the big hits of the black exploitation eras. Mm-hmm. And he battled himself sort of masterpiece style and it got over. And, oh my God, you have got to see this bump from Ming. Ming just literally got on the top rope. I'm sorry. That was barbarian. Barbarian. Right. And threw Chris Benoit off the top rope with like a back body drop style maneuver to the other goddamn turnbuckle all the way across the ring diagonally. I'm sure Chris had to help a little bit. Cause I don't want to believe that that level superhuman strength actually existed. It's worth, it's worth seeing again, guys. If you're watching this with us, son of a bitch, son of a bitch is right, man. I'm never fucking with Barbara. Had I seen this match, I would have kept all that Tommy young shit to myself. (laughs) Motherfucker. The amazing part about these two guys is they are sweethearts. They are. I can't believe I'm recommending this, but go out of your way to watch this match. Just so you can see barbarian do some like grown man shit. <laughs> hey, what, what are they doing with all these tags? Like they're, they're tagging to get in and out of the ring. They're doing it again. There they go. But why are they doing that? Because they're a tag team. Oh, okay. I've just been watching a lot of wrestling lately. I didn't think you had to do that. It's like Lucha rules now. Oh God. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> I know you hear about that a lot. Is there, is there anything that annoys Jim Ross more than not making a tag? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of things that annoy Jr. But that's at the top of the list. Yeah. It's one of the things. God damn. Just listening to the commentary and knowing him in real life. I'm like, oh, he's fucking legit mad now. Like (laughs) 
this is no longer like just working. We're we're fucking real mad now. Did they blue did they uh, bloop him out saying goddamn on the air? <laughs> I don't remember. Because something happened he went, Well, goddamn. <laughs> I just, I just, you know, it's like a seven second delay and there's someone in the back that bloops, you know, bleeps him out and and he said that and I just fucking lost it and so did Excalibur. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the hilarious bit of, oh, here we go. Here's the angle. Okay. So they're going to take out the, uh, okay. the horseman here uh-huh. and they're specifically targeting Chris Benoit. We'll play a little audio because man, this gets wild in a minute. Big Bubba Rogers and Conan have the advantage now on the outside two on one, yeah. but Benoit still not going down without a fight. He's trying to fight right. off being in barbarian. It was two on one. Now it's three on one. Now it's four on one. The dungeon of doom just laying the damn wood to Benoit, but Benoit's still trying to fight back, but eventually it's going to be a numbers game. He won't be able to sustain this. There it went down. He goes, Oh, Halliburton across the back of the head from Kevin Sullivan on to, he nailed him the first time for real. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. All right, here we go. Mafia style kick from the barbarian. Mm. Oh man. They're trying to move the body of Mongo out of the way. <laughs> wow. Look at this. What a beat down. But we're not four on one, putting the boots to him. Nancy Sullivan woman in the corner. We're going to play some audio here. And just kicking and pounding away. Kevin Sullivan's approaching woman. He's not one of the Chippendales. What was he saying? This is why I'm still the man. I don't, did you hear that? Let's listen to the man. He's not the man. Just remember, I'm the man. He said to show you why I'm still the man. And look, he's got a blue band around his wrist. He's an outpatient from the nut house. He's been there today for treatments. We Such talked treatments. about it. We talked about it coming. We smelt it. We talked about a fight. That's all this is. It's a fight. So you saw Jimmy Hart screaming at woman. This wouldn't have happened had you called him Friday night like you said you would. You knew you had to call him. You didn't call him. This wouldn't have happened had you called him Friday night like you said you would. And then Sullivan slowly takes off his jacket and his shirt and he's got a wife beater on underneath and he says, I'm going to show you why I'm still the man. He's not the man. I'm the man. And after he hits him a couple of times, he says something like something sacred in this household or something. And now woman is trying to revive Chris Benoit as the dungeon of doom has just left him laying. And of course, Jeff Jarrett, Arn Anderson, and Ric Flair are nowhere to be found to make the save for their horseman brother because they're with Arn, who was just stretchered out in the prior match. They're with him at the hospital. So really a, a weird thing to look at in hindsight, knowing what we know. Uh, good stuff though. Yeah, it was a good angle. It really was a good angle. So we go to the NWO interview set. Ted DiBiase. I got to tell you, I need on Patreon 
for me and you to, to watch and not the new Eddie Murphy Dolomite, but an old school Dolomite movie together. You would love it. How many Dolomite movies were there? I think there's like seven or eight. Really? Yeah. Okay. Rudy Ray Moore is basically the black Tony Schiavone. Was he's, he's passed away now. Okay. But he had, why, like, he had why would you call him of, the black Tony Schiavone? Uh, cause he's, he, you're not anymore, but when you, we first started doing this, you were a little heavy set, a little heavier, right? But you were funny, but you were also dirty. Uh, you still are. And, um, he would pretend to know Kung Fu and like you like star Wars. So you could buy into that. Right. Um, and he, you know, every, whenever he would make these movies, every woman wanted to have sex with him, which is what you would do if you were directing movies. And then when he would have sex with them, like it would like collapse the room because he just beat them out the frame. Mm. But like the first movie was just called Dolomite. But the first one I heard of as a, as a kid was human tornado. Yeah. Which is tremendous. Human tornado. <laughs> but he also did like the monkey hustle. The and, monkey hustle. Yeah. Petey wheat straw. Disco Godfather, Penitentiary 2, Murder Was the Case, the movie. Petey Wheatstraw. Yeah. Petey Wheatstraw. What the line? He's the devil's son-in-law. Okay. Well, there you go. That explains it. Uh, Well, here comes uh, Hall and Nash. It's pretty apparent that the, the NWO is having their own entranceway in this show. So, you know, we're getting near the main event here and there's been some pretty good things in this show here. Wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah. This is a big show. We recently covered this on 83 weeks, as I mentioned earlier. And Eric Bischoff said this was in his opinion, peak of his WCW run. Like he thought this was the show that sort of exemplified everything he was trying to do. And looking back at it was his favorite time in wrestling. And he just remembers this era and this show specifically so fondly, this is the first time in in MGM grand and Las Vegas like this. And, you know, first time with the big slim Jim sponsorship and the NWO super hot. And it's just a big moment in WCW. And here we see the tag champs. Well, not only with Sherry, but with Colonel Robert Parker, and of course it's Harlem heat, but those old WCW tag belts. They're about to drop these belts to the outsiders. You see both Stevie Ray and Booker T wearing breathe right strips on their way to the ring. Which breathe right strips were uh, popular uh, on football players back then, and that's why they started to wear them. Or on or on athletes, mostly on football players. You see football players take off their helmet and they have a breathe breathe right strip on. I wear a breathe right strip every night. Love them. Yeah. I wore them for a little while, but they didn't really help me out that much. I just recently, uh, introduced Dave Silva to him. He swears by him now. Really changed his life. Really? Yeah. You know, I really liked the, I really liked Harlem's heat. Harlem eats get up here. It looked, you know, with the flames and the red and everything. I, you know, they also wore black to the ring sometimes too, but I like the red much better on them. Good look. 
Sure was glad they made the Hall of Fame. Or Vince's version of the Hall of Fame. In your opinion, mm-hmm. is Scott Hall one of the best wrestlers to never be world champ? Yep. Why do you think it is that? Do you think Scott Hall was never world champ? And can, see, I, like right here, I always sort of viewed Kevin Nash and Scott Hall at the same level. Like, I didn't think Kevin Nash, I know he's literally bigger, but I didn't think as far as being a star in the wrestling business, he was a bigger star, especially not on the WCW side of things. Like I felt like hall debuted in just a big of a way, maybe bigger. Yeah. It was a bigger way than Kevin Nash. And since they're a tag team, I sort of viewed them on equal footing here. I know beforehand, um, Diesel was a bigger, had more success as a single star than Razor Ramon, but I viewed them here on equal footing. Nash would go on to be world champ again, as he was in the WWF, but Hall never had the opportunity. And I wanted a, a take from, from you. Do you think that's based on talent, based on politics, based on reliability? Why do you think Nash had the opportunities that, that Hall did not? Yeah, based, I, I think it was based on reliability. That is a very, that's a very valid concern in the backstage area. And when you're booking and when you're creating and when you're running things, reliability is very, very, you know, I mean, agents and producers and whatever you want to call them, coaches and creative people get together and say, Hey, what about this guy? And a concern would be, is he reliable? Can we elevate him enough? And once we elevate him, will he, you know, because look, because Hulk Hogan was not only the world champion of the WWF, he was also the main star and he was the, uh, he was the leader. He represented the company. Same thing can be said about Chris Jericho right now with AEW in many ways, even though I know the elite is part of that as well. Ric Flair was the leader of the company. Would, with Scott Hall's past, could you trust him to be the leader of the company? Would he represent the company the right way? And the answer probably would have been from a lot of people, no. Even if you said, okay, let's talk to him about this. Let's tell him, Scott, you can work. You look great. You got the best working punch in the business. You're, you can do a great promo. We want you to be the world champion. But we have to have your word that you're going to behave yourself and you're going to always show up on time and you're going to be sober and even though you go to him and say all that, and he would agree to it, there would still be some distrust in that. So I think reliability would be the, the main reason. Because he looked great, man. And again, I, I think Scott Hall's working punch was the best. I don't know why. I mean, now there are a lot of great working punches, but I always thought his were the best. You think it's better than Jerry Lawler's? Uh, I would say yes, because to be honest with you, I've seen more Scott Hall matches than I've seen Jerry Lawler's. So who the fuck are you? You're such a monster. What? Because I haven't seen that many Jerry Lawler matches. You're 70 and you haven't seen more Jerry Lawler matches. I'm not. First of all, I'm not 70. I'm not even close. I'm closer to 70 than you are, but don't put me to 70 yet. Motherfucker. Exclamation point. 
Are you going to announce all your punctuation for the rest of the show? Question mark. No comma motherfucker. I'm not exclamation point, exclamation point. You get it? Question mark. Hypothetically comma who saw Sherry's folds in wrestling question mark. I don't know. Period. Seriously. There's a work. There's a working punch. Great working punch. Do it again. Exclamation point. Seriously. You never saw Sherry hook up with anybody. No. What do you, do you think? Do you think that she fucked people in front of me? No, no, I don't mean that. I just mean, listen, you've talked about how Ollie Anderson was laying the wood to old Sharon Sadello. Well, that was common knowledge. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like you've talked about how all these women were with this guy or that guy, but you've never, I've never heard of Sherry hooking up with anybody. Was she a lesbian? Was she a lesbian? Not that I was aware of. Was she ever married? Uh, I don't. I don't know. You don't know you shit prob- about Sherry. What is the deal? I don't, I don't know shit about Jerry. Well, I can't wait till we do a show about Sherry. So you can say, you don't know shit about Sherry. <laughs> you should have known shit about Sherry. Sherry's There's worth another, shit about. There's another t-shirt. I don't know shit about Sherry. You don't, by the way, she I don't, she I won't. don't, you know more about Sherry than I do. Who did she fuck? Tell me. She was married and divorced at least twice during her life. And Booker T huh? gave her away at one of her weddings and she has a son. Uh-huh. And you don't know shit. Okay. So who did she marry? Did she marry any of the boys? Anybody in the business? Robert Schroll in Tennessee. He used to renovate homes and she would help him. Okay. That's that sounds real exciting. Uh motherfucker used to call sliders for minor league baseball team. <laughs> what else? Who else she get who else she married to? I don't know. God damn. Someone, what do I what she married, was she married to a uh, a guy that did hardwood floors for a living? How about a drywall guy? Well, she married to one of those. If you want some hardwood, all you've got to do is go to bluechew.com. <laughs> oh. All right. Play F Mary kill with our star. Oh panel. God. Why, why do we always play that game? It, there's no winners in that game. Well, hang on now. It's the Med- only loser is the person playing the game. It's Medusa baby doll. Oh. Okay. And, uh, who else did I say? Oh, Missy. Okay. Uh, F Mary kill. Get it. Uh, I would, uh, I would marry Medusa. I would fuck Missy and I would kill baby doll. Marry Medusa. Hmm? Fuck Missy. Yeah. Kill baby doll. Why are you killing baby doll? What's she ever do? I, I don't know. I it's, it's a, it's a, you're a, anytime you play that game. You lose. And we know why you lose because you have a smart ass on the other end and say, why'd you want to kill her? I don't know. I don't know. Hey, I got, I got, although I got an idea for another show on our Patreon, but go ahead. Tell me your, your, although back in the day, I, I really, really wanted to tussle with baby doll back in the day. Not now. Oh, no, I don't No, I didn't say not now. I'm just saying back in the day I did. Can I get you to tussle with her on your birthday? Uh, what if I get yeah. like a, a big baby doll cake and she jumps out of it at your birthday party? Uh, that'd be good. By the way, do you know how hard it is to get a baker in, in downtown Baltimore? 
to accept and agree to make your vision of a hand turkey dick birthday cake come to reality. <laughs> you know how long I had to explain that and how many different bakers hung up before I finally got one who would agree. <laughs> so you want it to be like, what now? And All this right. is our life. Yeah, I know. We're calling bakers to make hand turkey dick cakes. Oh Lord. You know what? I just realized too. I hope Matt Coon does not come because if he's at the karaoke, he's going to insist on singing. And if he starts humming and start yanking off right to the beat. (laughs) Well, you know, when there's music around, he'll want to come literally. He'll probably want to get some kids to come in and lip sync it. Yikes. Well, that's what he does at that school. He teaches children to lip sync. DJ lip syncing. I know. No one I leaves with any musical talent. Huh. Well, oh. it's going to be a fun weekend in Baltimore. Oh, I got to get your opinion on this. As we just saw a great short arm clothesline. Okay. Plus TV Ray tagging in Booker T. Going to see if he can't finish off Scott Hall. Mm-hmm. So, my opinion on what? Tessa Blanchard. Yeah. She's going to become the impact world champion. Okay. Not the women's belt. The big, belt. they're going to give the big belt. I think they announced at the pay that there's going to be a pay-per-view match where she challenges for the big belt. But I mean, obviously, the- what does it matter? The point is a woman holding the big belt in 2019, your thoughts. Well, I, I've always thought that Tessa was one of their better workers. Nobody's arguing that. Right. Let me ask you this. Who's their champion right now? Probably Sammy Callahan. Oh. Okay. I can see her beating Sammy Callahan. Is that what it is to you? It's just who has it? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. At this very moment, you're, you're, you're at the question is, what do you think about a woman when wearing a, the, the men's title belt? I believe the story is he, uh, Sammy Callahan, uh, beat Brian cage for the impact title. And a few months ago, impact and or impact presented Sammy versus Tessa as a main event of a pay-per-view, but there was no belt on the line. Uh And, And I think the rumor and innuendo is that they're going to have Sammy defend his title against Tessa Blanchard, which means in theory, there could be a woman holding the big belt. Do you think that's, you think that's good for business? I want your opinion. People listen to this for your opinion. Oh, for, for my opinion. Okay. If I, I think if we thought that was good for business, we, we'd be doing it right now. So I, I'm not so sure how good that is for business. So you're saying it's a desperation move from impact desperation move. I don't think it's a desperation move. I think it's just, uh, people wanting to try something that's never been tried before. It could, I, I don't know about impacts. Man, look I, at Scott I, Hall grabbing Sherry. Oh, now he's as Flair would say, making a woman out of her. Wow. 
hell of a kiss. She's still selling it. Yes, she is, man. I'm married. Maybe nobody knows for sure. Down I go. My husband putting down wood flooring and drywall out in Gallatin, Tennessee. And I'm down here making out with oh. Scott Hall. And he, he tasted like mouthwash. Woo. And I'll be on my knees right in front of you. Colonel Parker, as you saw, tap me on the head. <laughs> Give me a heads up. <laughs> <laughs> Was well, that your move back in the day? You get uh, tap him on the head. You give uh, him a heads up. What, what kind of, what kind of <laughs> warning? In my head, you'd be like, "Oh, oh, that feels so good." I'm desperately out of time. I got a blow. <laughs> That's terrible. I just made that up. I was pretty proud of it. Oh, Jesus. Oh God. Horrible. And then after you got done with one of those crazy horseman trips about a week later, you'd be at the urinal. It stings. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. So would you give a heads up back in the day? No shit. No. Oh, just get them by surprise. (laughs) Bam, bam, bam. Well, it's on you now. I think it's, I think it's like good etiquette to give a heads up. I think you're even supposed to ask permission. Yeah. Uh, Don't you think that's polite? What? That's proper, give a heads up. Proper proper etiquette. Now, are we talking about two different things here? What do you think we're talking about? I, were you talking about me taking my my dick and whacking him on top of the head with it. Oh no, <laughs> no, you can't do that. I don't think that. No, I, that's, that's why I said it'd be impossible for me to do that, but not, not for Robert Parker. I thought, I thought we were talking about when you were about to hit your finish, uh-huh. you, <laughs> give like, a, you give a heads up. Heads up. You know what somebody's putting you over. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here comes Fire. the finish. So Colonel Robert Parker <laughs> teased like he's gonna hit him with the cane. Yeah. And then didn't, and now he just says, Give it to me. Now he's got it, and Parker's gonna scurry away. Nails him once, nails him twice. Terrible shots. Stevie Ray sells it like he died. Steps over the top rope. Both guys down for the count. See what happens. Just roll over, Scott. Took all day. One, two, three. There you go. Harlem Heat lose the belts. Booker T did not jump in to break up the tag. Booker T's confused. What could have happened? Why is he down like this? Nash steps over the top rope. He's going to collect both the belts. Him and his best friend are now. The WCW tag champs for the very first time. And here was, I thought you saw the crowd pop when they won the belts. That was the, that was the, uh, really the most, if you, there were so many mistakes made back, back then, but they tried to position these guys as heels and the WCW was baby faces taking over the company, but they made them cool. Right. They were cool and fans identified with them and they were really the baby faces. 
if you looking at straight baby faces heel the way it looks, but you're right. They were cool. Had the wrong, had the wrong guys. So there you go. NWO gets a big win. Oh, Hey, we didn't talk about this. what do you think about, oh, uh, fuck. The, the way the world series started. Nationals jump out two zero, yeah, and then the uh, Astros make the big comeback. Mm-hmm. Are you surprised? No, no, I'm not surprised. TV ratings and all that. You got to have seven games. I'm not. Yeah, you know what? Can I also say this because of all that I've got to do and and working with AEW and doing bulldog stuff. And don't you doing, say this. Don't you say this. I'm, I'm going to say this. I don't give a shit about baseball right now. Oh my God. I don't, I don't give a damn about the world series. Oh my I, God. I don't what I don't, I don't care about it. You've turned your back. No, I haven't turned my back. I don't care about the world series. Oh I don't have it. If the Braves were in it, I would care about the world series. The well, Yankees were in it. I would, I would want to watch it, but Astros and nationals, I don't give a damn about it. What kind of bullshit promo is this this is the worst commercial i've ever seen for a wrestling pay-per-view ever sunday november 24th you know when i see sunday no i just think this is what replaced starcade yep jesus christ in fairness starcade just moved to december that's all yeah but still you know it was thanksgiving tradition bye-bye exactly right A Thanksgiving tradition. Okay, here we go. Had a sting look about him there, didn't he? Yeah. So as a reminder, Hulk Hogan's going to show up to this pay-per-view wearing a hairpiece. And this is something he wore in the three ninjas movie. Uh-huh. And uh, they decided this was Hogan's idea. According to Bischoff, he wanted to have a little fun with this hairpiece. He said, I've got this. What if. At some point I start showing my ass and Savage takes it from me and he puts it on. We could really have fun with it. And Bischoff thought says Hogan is for it. And it was his idea. This could be tremendous. Of course, Savage jumped at the chance. So they have a lot of fun with this thing. I think it's pretty cool that, you know, so many guys in wrestling take themselves so seriously. They don't want any of their sort of shortcomings pointed out and We've heard the, the story about Wahoo McDaniel just slapping the shit out of somebody before when they called him fat and old in a promo. Meanwhile, Hogan is like, oh, let's have fun with this. It's a departure from what you expect. Well, yeah, it, it was. I, again, Hulk Hogan gets, gets wronged in many, many ways by fans online by Dave Meltzer, by writers, by people who it gets wrong many, many ways. Okay. Uh, they're going to, we're going to have uh, during this match, a, a very, <clears throat> what I think was a very great surprise here. Oh, at the end of the match. Yeah. Once yes. it's all over, we get a big moment, a big return. Yeah. Something that nobody tapped your head and gave you a heads up about. Did not. When it happened, I remember my feelings when it happened. And my feeling was, oh my God, 
we are really rolling now. I, and I'm sure the fans felt the same way. When you saw Piper walk out, it was like, oh my God, they are really taking the big stars now because regardless of how old he was and what you wanted to say about it, Piper was in the minds of many wrestling fans, still a major star. We should so, mention that match. We just watched got three and a quarter stars. I wanted to mention that because this is an era where you didn't see a lot of great ratings for tag matches, right? Um, especially when it's the larger guys, Harlem heat and Hall and Nash, you know, if, if it's the, the express teams, of course, but maybe not here, but that's a pretty good rating for them. Hogan out first. Usually the champ comes out last. Yep. Looking at first, looking as only he can look. And by the way, let me tell you, it's a good hairpiece. It is. Tell you how good it is. I didn't realize it was a hairpiece. Until it came uh, off. Yeah. And I just thought he just spiked his hair up and looked good. Fuck off. You thought he had hair plugs. So I boy, did not. Wait a minute. You just thought he had magically more hair now than ever before. I just thought that they took the hair that was on his head and spiked it up. Boy, you're a gullible son bitch. <laughs> In many ways, I am. What do you think? About, ways. What do you think about <laughs> bow ties? Uh, I'm against them. Yeah, you know, I bring that up because Taz is against them. Yeah, he he did a poll over the weekend where he like cut a promo on fucking. I can't believe this is real, but he cut a promo on fucking bow ties. On bow ties? He says, besides in, in the tuxedo, he, does it bother you when dudes wear bow ties? And he did a poll and uh, it won. Uh, yes. Silly look annoying. Right. And he replied, no reason for a grown man to wear a bow tie besides being a male stripper employed by a carnival circus or a bazaar, being a pro wrestling announcer in the seventies, being under the age of 10 years old, being Bob Backlund, being employed as a waiter or maitre d' or a groomsman. Yeah. I say bow ties should only be for tuxes, uh, and nothing else. I think if you see a news anchor wear a bow tie, he looks like a fucking idiot. I think you see anybody wearing a bow tie on TV where most people wear a tie, not necessarily talking about a tux and tails and all that. I think he's trying to trying to draw attention to himself and shouldn't be doing that. Who's he calling out here? Well, he really, he really dolled it up. Right. Didn't he slim Jim colors? Look at this truck. That's coming out, buddy. Are you ready? Oh, that's right. Well, they get, they gave away a truck on the show. That was, you know, we were talking about that. That was a drawing that we saw. Not that this last year, we had two trucks on top and it was the giant and it was Hulk Hogan. But look at this thing, the macho shades, the macho hat. It's a macho Shit. man monster truck, buddy. That's not the one they gave away? No, surely not. Well, they were saying the macho man monster truck. They're going to get somebody's really got that. I think somebody does. I think that lady out of uh, Michigan who wanted really got that truck. And that's why they brought it out to show her. Well, fuck show her. That. I want it. I'm going <laughs> to drive that thing to work. Where is that at? <laughs> you wouldn't drive that. Yeah, you would. Of course I would. Sure. Somebody there goes, like, is that your truck? I'd be like, oh, yeah. yeah. There goes Conrad. Boom, right through. Right through. Stop by and pick up Dave Silva on the way to the office. 
by the way, he's, uh, he's not assimilating well to the office. Really? Oh, he's got the worst fucking gas you've ever seen. Really? It's horrific. We share an office, right? So we're getting ready for Starcast, And once uh-huh. Starcast is over, I'm going to kick him the fuck out. But fuck. Dude, it is just, it's horrific. And what's so, funny is my cousin is like, oh, it's, it's a shit smell in here. I'm like, yeah, it is. Well, refried beans are not good. Oh, here's the other thing he's, he's insisted upon. He's correcting everyone on their pronunciation of a certain word. I want your take on Cause I know. You're a functional idiot. Like you, you, you say a library, right? Yeah. And, and, and restaurant. But when you right. go to a restaurant and you decide to order nachos, they'll have the little chips and then they'll put some cheese on there and they'll probably put some meat. Right. But then they'll put a certain type. Usually they'll put a certain type of pepper on there. That's green. It's got seeds in it. What kind of peppers are those? Jalapenos. Now. A redneck would say jalapenos. Wait, I've never heard of the called oh, well, jalapenos. There, there was a redneck at my house drinking light beers this past weekend, and he uh, called it jalapenos. Really? But Dave Silva goes around correcting everyone. Look at that beautiful belt. You get your picture made with that and Sting in the red, white, and blue at StarCast at StarCast.com and use the promo code Tony to save 50% off. When was the last time you saw Sting in the red, white, and blue, Tony? Uh, 1990. Bam. And I convinced him to dust it off. Let's go. So anyway, right. Here's the gimmick. He is insisting everyone pronounce it. Alapeno. Alapenos. So the way we rednecks are saying it now, it sounds like he's saying all up in yo's. Alapenos. So not P E N, but P I N. And the last is Y O S like yo's and all up in instead of holla jalapenos. He's also trying to convince my wife to eat cow cheek and he's pronouncing it babacoa. Seriously. We had a little football get together. We wanted to watch Auburn lose real tired. We wanted to watch Alabama win. Real tired. We need to watch Oklahoma lose. Real tired. Nobody gave a shit what Georgia was doing. Real tired. So we spent a whole football day. So we ordered a bunch of food or whatever and had the usual, you know, some ribs and some wings and some turkey and, you know, some chicken, pizza, the whole deal. And, uh, she's like, what would you like? And she just for fun has nicknamed him Silvert. She said, what would you like, Silvert? He says, Babacoa. If someone said that to Lois, what would Lois say back? What the fuck is that? Thank you. Okay. That's exactly what would be said. Babacoa. <laughs> well, you know what? You need to move that Mexican back to Texas. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. How's he doing for you in uh, there? Doing okay? I, I just told you he's ripping ass 24-7. Okay. I've just sent him a text. Well, he's probably too busy. He appeared on Casio's Cut, which is probably up to like 3,000 downloads now. 
Go check out Cassio's cut anywhere you enjoy podcasts. If you want to hear him talk to a fake psychic or his co-host or Dave Silva or Ronnie Lang from Atlas security or me, he's really scraping the bottom of the barrel for guests. And it's reinforced that the guest format sucks a dick. Yeah, it does. It's just better. When it's just me and you just making fun of hair pieces. Of, of, of course it is. I agree that guest format I don't like, and I'm glad we don't do it. Yeah. I mean, cause think about it. We'd have to one day have Dave Silva as a guest. I know. And he, he, he told Silva, you got to create alter egos. So Silva has gone out and created four different alter egos and he's going to do four appearances on Cassio's show as these different alter egos. So it's going to be like a month of Dave Silva. I'm sure between me and you and Jay-Z, that'll get three downloads. <laughs> And we're never going to listen. We just hit the subscribe no. button. That's what we call a mercy subscribe. No, I wouldn't even subscribe to that shit. Well, the, the, here's how riveting the content is. They did a whole show where they just ate little Debbie's. Now, let me be clear. It's not a video show. You just hear two fat dudes eating snack cakes. That's the show. <laughs> See, here's the trouble. Cassio comes from the groundlings, right? So Cassio is like the best improv dude you've ever met. Cassio right. stand-up comedy is funny, but Cassio right. off the cuff is fucking next level hysterical. He he's got muscle memory for just on the fly being funny. But as a result, he goes into these shows with nothing planned and thinks he's going to be funny. And he is, but his guest is like this prop. So he's forced himself into being Ric Flair working with pork chop cash every single week. So he's got, I mean, that whole Flair could have a good match with a broomstick was an expression, but he's booking actual broomsticks. He had a fraudster on there recently. It was a, I'm, I'm, uh, a what? A fraudster, a psychic medium. Oh, a fraudster. Got it. So All this, right. this chick tours the country and stands on stage and says, who in the room has a loved one who's passed away? Oh, I feel the energy over here. Someone knows someone who died in this area. Yeah. Someone who died in this area has a vowel in their name. I'm getting vowels. There was an a, was there an a, maybe it was a dad. Did someone's in the room's dad pass away? It's like, (laughs) oh my God, is this fucking real? (laughs) Like that's when I realized, you know, these people make millions of dollars. Conrad wrestling gets a bad rap. Yes. Because she is, she is fleecing people who want to talk to uh, a loved one who's passed away. And then she convinces them that she is connected with them somehow. And she can tell you what they're thinking for the low, low price of whatever the fuck's in your pocket. (laughs) And it's, I would much rather go watch a pretend fight any day. Cause at least then I know these motherfuckers don't really hate each other. And I'm just getting entertained. But when she starts saying, I'm talking to your meemaw right now, and she wants you to know how much she misses you and loves you. And they're like, oh my God, that's what she would say. And it's like, that's every fucking meemaw genius. Put your wallet up and get in your car and go buy liquor and deal with it the rest of the way the grown folks do. I I, I love that. The low, low price. (laughs) (laughs) The low, low price. They ought to do QVC shows like that. And you can get this for the low, low price of whatever the fuck's in your wallet. (laughs) (laughs) 
What's great is the whole time Cassio is talking to her, because Cassio is like my real life best friend. So I know when oh, these bullshit sensors going off and I tried to listen to it for a few minutes. And the whole time I know Cassio through gritted teeth is trying not to laugh and say, so this is all just bullshit, right? <laughs> but he knows it's going to be good content or he hopes it is. So he just keeps going, but it would have been so hard not to just laugh in her face. Oh, fucking hilarious. Oh, meanwhile, what do you think of this match so far? What, what type of a uh, star rating did this thing get? It's better than you expect. There we go. Look, the shades are off. Uh huh. Cause Hogan has wrestled this entire match with his Chrome shades on. Right. And Savage is now showing ass with him, and he's selling it big. Like, Oh God, he's got the shades. Please don't hurt me. Those shades give me my magical powers. Oh, I cross my heart and hope to die. I would never fucking do this to you. Help me fans. Hell, just shake my hand. Let's be buddy. She got my glasses on. I can't whoop your ass when you're wearing my own glasses. They, they give me a magical power. I'm like Samson oh. with my new hair. Oh, not my hair. Don't grab my hair. It's my new hair. Oh, it's my Hollywood hair. It's my Hollywood Hulk Hogan hair. It's my three ninjas at splash mountain hair, whatever the fuck. And look, off yeah, comes was. the hair and look at the crowd, dude, but it gets better. Watch what Savage does with it. A million things he could do, and this is the best. Just put it on. <laughs> Randy was one of the greats, man. I think that's why Hogan has it in a ponytail in the back. Now he's selling it. Oh God, my hair's gone. <laughs> and and you thought, oh, they just spiked up his hair. That's all. Yeah, fooled me. You observant motherfucker. <laughs> You know, uh, I think Randy was one of the great workers of all time. Cause what he's doing right now yep. is some Southern shit. That was like what they did in Memphis and it was, right. it was over. Right. And he could just do whatever, whatever, whatever needed to be done. He could figure out a way to do it. Now he's trying to stuff it in his mouth. Million dollar man style. No. I was talking about more as, you know, in ring worker, in ring performer. Oh, I, I am too, but I'm saying his versatility yeah. in that he could go out there right. and tear it up with like the match he had with Ricky, the dragon steamboat, arguably one of the greatest, greatest matches of all time. Right. His feud this following year with DDP is filled with an intense rivalry, hard hitting, pulling, no punches, just fucking getting it. But if he needed to do a more, uh, Hulk Hogan style, theatric, whatever he, he could, could. he could, yeah. and he had great matches with flair. And I think Savage is one of the more underrated. I think. You know, I know that everybody, when they make their Mount Rushmore's, they go to drawing money and influence in the business. But if you just had it for versatility, mm-hmm. uh, to me, it's like Bobby Heenan, Terry Funk, Macho Man. I mean, there's just, there's a second set of guys where you just want a spot on your roster for that guy. Yeah. That could quote unquote, do it all, do it all, do it all, buddy. I mean, you look at what I was th- thinking about this, this weekend. Terry Funk is like the last great outlaw in wrestling. Like he never really fully embraced Vince McMahon's style of wrestling. And he always did what, what he wanted to do and the type of stuff that he enjoyed more so than just quote unquote, selling out and taking the bigger, the bigger paydays. Cause he clearly could have done it. Cause he could do anything. I mean, he did the old school NWA. Look at this prancing Hogan here. Hogan was in such better shape there than he is now. Not just in terms of I'm saying physique. I just mean, physically he's so limited now compared to here. It just, right. it just goes to show you the wear and tear on his back specifically. Right. 
in hindsight, how many years do you think Hogan lost on his in-ring career because of the leg drop finisher? Oh my God. He probably lost five to 10 years. Maybe. I mean, it's gotta be right. Oh, yeah. Man, right. Look at Liz. Very colorful here. Ooh, Different kind of yeah. look for Liz. Yeah. Because Hogan has said that, you know, if he knew what he, if he knew now what he, if he knew back then what he knows now, he would have never, never done the leg drops. And what that's, what's funny is I think a lot of fans see that leg drop finish and like, oh, that's lame. You know, cause you got so many big impact, really spectacular looking moves, but you got to remember Hogan's a legitimate 300 pounds. Right. And he's falling directly onto his spine and bur- and back and put all that compression right. on the vertebrae every single night, especially in those WWF rings, you know, in the early days of the WWF, like if you go back and you watch something from like 85, which I recently did, uh, for a show with Bruce that I was doing some research on, I'd never seen like the wrestling classic in 85, you see Hogan wearing a thong there, literally showing ass, not just figuratively. Uh, it was like a Southern bump and ring. That thing's making noise every time somebody moves around it. And if, if you remember those days, Oh yes, I do. Like anytime you move around, you hear the squeaks, man, there's the ass again. Hogan's all about it. Um, but you had so much beef in there when Hogan was on top and he's, he's wrestling monsters, you know, like Akeem one day and big boss man, the next and Bundy, the next. They started using a different style ring. They just became hard as fucking concrete and they made no noise. And then Hogan's just down on it, all of his weight, at least once a night, every night. It had to shorten, you know, and he's obviously lifting very heavy. It just had to shorten his career. Had to. You think back in the early days of the WWF too, they worked every night. Yeah, sometimes twice on the weekends, you know? Yeah, absolutely. A double shot on Sundays, afternoon, and a night show. Absolutely. So, and then, you know, and then driving up and down the road like they did back then. That's not good on your back if you do it like every day and you, you drive hundreds of miles every night after you take the bumps. It's just weird to think about, too, you know, like with the reduced travel in the AEW schedule, that might be a little different. But you look at, some of the tippy type guys in the WWE right now, and they're traveling by bus. That's got to lengthen your career, you know, reduce your injuries and increase your, your quality of life and your recovery time. And just, you know, it's just gotta be better for you. But at the same time, if, if you knew what you knew now, like these days, you know, the pile drivers are rare and Hulk Hogan might not be doing the leg drop finish. I'd be curious to see what that really looks like. Cause you would have had a better shot at getting a Steve Austin and a Hulk Hogan at a WrestleMania, right? A John Cena and a Hulk Hogan at a WrestleMania, which now a lot of fans would say, Oh, I don't care about that. But maybe 10 or 15 years ago, you would have, but they're doing it, uh, tomorrow. All right, as people are listening to this, tomorrow's Halloween and Crown Jewel. Can you believe Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair still involved in WWE storylines? Uh, yes, I can. Because when we're talking about that money, absolutely. Did you hear the rumor in any window that Tyson Fury is getting $15 million for one match? I did not. I was thinking about that the other day. That's got to be near the career earnings of Ric Flair. 
I'm going to tell you something that may surprise you okay. and may not. When I heard the name Tyson Fury. Oh, fuck you. What? You didn't know who that was? No, I said, who the fuck is he? I knew it. I guess if you're into boxing, which I guess you are, right? And yeah. you're, you're into all the uh, combat sports. You know who he is. I have no fucking idea who he is. Oh. I could not pick him out in a lineup. Who is he? He's the world champ, son. Really? Is he? Is he Mike Tyson? No. Are you being that everybody right that everybody knew? I'm just telling you that boxing ain't what it was. Well, I'm not arguing that, but internationally it is. And he's undefeated. He's got one draw with Deontay Wilder back in 2018, about a year ago, actually. But he's undefeated, knocks everybody out. And I think he's uh, held it all. WBA, IBF, WBO, IBO, Ring Magazine, whatever. It's him and Deontay. It's a two-horse race. And he's that's a, re great. a really, 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 really big star internationally. Okay, well, good. And that's why he's going to go overseas and do his thing. How about this, though? As big of a star as he is, he's got half a million followers less than Jim Ross mm -hmm. on Twitter. And I know, there you go. I know for a fact. Oh. I know for a fact I can get Jr. over there for less than fifteen million. <laughs> uh, Jr. talked to me about him uh, about going over there. Yeah, he went. Yeah, he did. Where are you at on uh, on Sa on Saudi Arabia? Would you go do a Saudi show? Uh, only if the price was right. Well, well, how much money would it take for you to go? I don't know, fifty grand. Oh yeah, I can I can work that out for you. <laughs> you mean you mean text Bruce? No, no, don't you stupid son of a bitch. Why not? There's still time. I don't work for them. That's why not. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, fuck. I'm over here still trying to get you jobs. You can't get me one with AW. Trying to get you a second. Only one. thing. You, only thing you got to do is make one phone call. You uh, look. look at that. Had the one, two, three, and he sold the neck. That's great. You don't think? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I like it there. Well, they had to build it up and explain it all show for this very moment. Okay. If you believe that, fine. Well, well teach me, Obi-Wan. You're my only hope. <laughs> huh. Oh, you know that movie line, do you? Go ahead with the gimmick. No, you're going to block it. the fuck was that reached in the ring? I look like a uh, million dollar man Ted DiBiase. Oh yeah. Okay. There you go. What's the gimmick in the boot? I looks like he's going to go up top, set up that flying elbow smash. You ever take an elbow drop for macho man? No, I've never did, but I certainly would. If he wanted me to, you know, if he was to do one today, you know, what do you call it? Uh, the dead man's drop coffin drop. Nope. I think we were thinking the same thing. Uh, here comes the giant. By the way, we used to call him the Gant. The Gant. Mm -hmm. Why? You're a big Ron Gant fan. No, because every time Kevin Sullivan wrote his name down on a sheet of paper, he left the I out. Yeah, he wouldn't know. He would put G A I N T. And we'd tease Kevin calling the Gant. Say, what's this? The Gant? 
I love that Kevin Sullivan misspelled it every time. And I guess it got to be almost a joke with us too. Cause he put it down the Gantt every time, by the way, here's when I know it's time to cut people off at my football party this past weekend. I had Rod Wagner, world famous, uh, RV dealer over. Is he as famous as Tyson Fury? More so. Okay. He says, uh, Hey, fucking's a vowel, right? <laughs> Three. There it is. The giant drapes the arm, the Python over the slim Jim infused macho man. And Hogan is your winner. He retains the world title. A little help from his friends, the, the Gant and, uh, Kitty powers with achy neck, <laughs> but we're not done. And don't you dare go anywhere because we've got rowdy yep. Roddy Piper coming out. By the way, that match got one star. This match got one star. Yes. But it would be described as what turned into a Jimmy Valiant style comedy match, which made no sense given the storyline of this being the ultimate grudge match. But you know what? If you were in the crowd, I think you were entertained. I do too. And that's the name of the game, isn't it? Yeah. Being entertained. At Meltzer would write over the past seven years, there were numerous attempts to get WCW, uh, to have Roddy Piper under contract, but every time Piper wound up returning to the WWF and it almost became like an inside joke in the industry that Piper would negotiate with WCW just to get the word out to the WWF. He would then bring him back and Meltzer would say his deal appears to be to work four or five matches per year tape about 15 interview appearances through the year and the prime focus is going to be the Turner is going to develop a syndicated TV show built around Roddy Piper as a bounty hunter or a policeman type role. And of course it's for huge money. Wow. And the next day off the heels of this raw does a 2.0. Yep. Uh, Nitro does a 3.6 baby. Yep. There you go. It's called star power or as the WWE would say, superstar power. Oh, Jesus. Well, that's what they say. So, now, any, so what should I, what should I text to get my job with AEW? Who should you text? What should I text? Uh, Hey, uh, I've been thinking about this. I, I'd like to sit down and discuss doing some work with you guys. That's simple. You'd get a call back tomorrow. What I mean, if I pitched that my vision was for us to have like a, like a line of hand Turkey dicks, <laughs> like I know they're working on action figures and video games, but like <laughs> we could really pop it off. Don't you think we'd pop the territory with hand Turkey dicks? I don't think so. I no. Never mind what I was saying. Hey, don't we, do it. Hey, listen to this. Sounds like what? I'm going to tell you what it sounds like, boys. That's a big old chill bump running up and down my spine right now. I'm starting to get the bumps. I think I know what you're talking about. Sounds like bagpipes to me. Oh, no. Wow! Would you look at this? Yes! You know who that is! My goodness! It's Roddy! Roddy! Piper! No doubt about it. Out of nowhere, look at Hulk Hogan's face. That's one man Hogan does not want to see. That's one man who has haunted Hogan's life 
since he started in this business. That's right. Get behind the giant chicken. I love you. Get behind the giant chicken. <laughs> so why do announcers in wrestling have to play the dumbass? Like they start playing the bagpipes, the crowd erupts, everybody stands up. They know what it is, but you're like, what is this? What could this be? What's this all about? Are those bagpipes? Why do you have to play like professional dumbass in order to be an announcer? Because you don't want to say, Hey, that's Rowdy Roddy Piper. You want his appearance to have the big pop for the fans at home. Why don't you just lay the fuck out? Very good. Because why would you lay out? Well, because if it is a big appearance and you see everybody going nuts, why wouldn't you just let the sound tell the story? Why do you have to interject your little bullshit? Well, I don't know, Vince McMahon. Why don't you sit down at one of the things, if you work for AW, I don't want you to do is produce fucking announcers. Okay. I'm going to be in your ear. No, you fucking telling. ain't. Uh, here's what I'm going to say. Plug Zanies. Plug supershowlive.com. <laughs> Plug Zanies. Hey, tell them to use promo code Tony at Starcast and get 50% off. Talk about the turkey dicks. Hey, I think private party right now is a little sluggish because they're not sleeping on a purple mattress. They need to do what <laughs> SCU has been doing and that's use promo code. <laughs> Give the promo code again, Tony. Oh, uh, the promo code is, uh, uh, fuck it. Never mind. Is <laughs> when W H E N. No, what W H? I don't know. I don't remember it. Hang on. <laughs> This is when I start melting down in your ear. It's what? W H A T at 84888. What? Yeah, so you start screaming at me. And then, by the way, while you're screaming at me, I'm not going to do a good job while you're screaming at me. When have I I screamed at you when it wasn't for humor purposes? You can't do that. You can't scream at me. No, no. First of all, I'm not going to be producing the announcers. Whew. Thank God. I mean, at this point, don't you have Alex Marvez handing you notes and you got right. three guys in a two man booth already. You've already fucking shoehorned your way in there. <laughs> wow. Shoehorned my way in there. Well, then they had fucking Taz come. Eventually you're going to have a, uh, a desk, the length of the fucking ring. <laughs> All right. I'm Taz. This is Excalibur. That's JR. That's Tony Schiavone. That's Alex Marvez. And coming up, we've got guest commentator, Britt Baker. And Scorpio Sky. And Scorpio Sky. And whomever. Yeah. I'm just busting balls. By the way, uh, are you keeping up with the ratings this time at all? I know back in in Monday Night War, you were in the office every day, so you're keeping up with the ratings. Are you looking at the ratings when they come out now? Yeah, we have have an inter-office email that comes out every week, talks about the ratings. But it does a little bit more different breakdown than they have just on the internet. It's a very, very good breakdown of what our ratings are compared to, you know, other shows. And not just the wrestling show, but all other shows. Right. Like, for instance, this past week, we were like number four on Wednesday of a written live original shows on cable that day. And like uh, NBA was like one and two, I think. There was something else, three, and we were four. So they break it down that way and they break it down per, you know, age groups, demographics, things like that comparing to other shows. So are you still over with the old ladies? Uh, I am with the one at the house. 
Yeah, which is always good. You're not over with her. Well, I would think I am. I mean, we've been together quite a while, right? That's kind of being over. I don't know. She yells at you a lot on this show. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> but you have to be able to to let it roll off your back and take it. By the way, are you coming to the Silva's uh, housewarming party? <laughs> when is that going to be? Well, you were telling me the date you could come. You and I didn't. It, why don't we do it after Starcast? Uh, we'll do it sometime in December. Oh, that'd be great. That sounds good. Because there's a weekend in December. There's actually a whole week in December. There's a weekend in December where I have nothing. I don't. We we look. We can't. We have the housewarming party for the Silvas when the Silvas can do it, since but, they're the guest of honor. Not I know when that, I but, can you're, go. but you're the big star. They want you to be there because uh, you know Bruce ain't coming to acknowledge their presence. Wow. Eric Bischoff might. That's good. Well, we appreciate everybody acknowledging our presence. We hope that you'll go back and watch this uh, first match on the show. I think it's a really, really great match with Dean Malenko and Rey Mysterio. And uh, I think if you're a big fan of our show and you're familiar with the whole barbarian nonsense that we've done in t- over the years, uh-huh. then you should definitely go check out uh, the Ming and Barbarian match where you see Barbarian just grown manhandle some motherfuckers. But next, and hey, by the way, have a happy Halloween tomorrow. And I uh, hope you and everyone is safe and um, no shenanigans with uh, your kids and traffic and check their candy and the whole deal. Because I know my mom was uh, a, little, a little nervous towards the end of my trick-or-treating run. Things started to get a little sketchy out there. When was the end of your trick-or-treating run? Two years Very ago. Briefly. Two years ago. Uh, but next week, we're doing something that we're pretty excited about. Uh, we're doing another ECW show this time. We're doing November to remember 1999 as we're nearing the, uh, believe it or not, the 20 year anniversary of that show. So we'll do it one day before that. The main event is Rhino and the impact players, which is just incredible. And Lance storm taking on Raven Sandman and Tommy dreamer. We've also got Rob Van Dam and Taz for the ECW world television championship, an unbelievable match with Mike awesome featuring judge Jeff Jones, taking on Masato Tanaka for the world title. Sabu will be in there with Chris Candido and Tammy Lynn Sitch is there looking as only she can look. DeBaldi's, which is Spanish Angel, Tony DeVito, Vito LaGrasso, and how about this? PN News. Oh my God. Are going to be taking on New Jack and the hardcore chair swinging freaks, Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney. We'll also have Jerry Lynn in there with Yoshihiro Tajiri uh, and Super Crazy. It's a three way dance. They made that one famous. Little Guido will be in there with Nova and Spike Dudley, uh, an undersized performer in an era where that was not nearly as controversial as it is today, yeah. taking on Simon Diamond in a singles match. And this all went down on November 7th from Buffalo, New York at the Burt Flickinger Center. And uh, that's a, a fun ECW show. I know you love it because all the ladies are there. Of course, we're talking about uh, Francine. She's there in the main event. Dawn Marie's there. Bill Alfonso's there. Uh, Big Sally Graziano, your favorite Dick Hertz is there. Uh, Jack Victory, Steve Carino, my favorite Tammy Lynn Sitch, and everyone's favorite, the very mean Judge Jeff Jones is there. So it should be a good time. We're going to do it watch along style just like we did today. And uh, we'll see you next week because when I look at the clock, Tony, it feels like it's about that time. 
It is about that time, Conrad Thompson. Thank you very much for wrapping up the show when you did. We want to also acknowledge our one and only Dave Silva. Dave Silva has been farting in the office on a daily basis. Dave, stop eating refried beans, and you would keep the gas where it belongs up in your colon. Also, to all of our fans who want turkey hand shirts, they're soon on your way from LoisRules.com. With that in mind, I'm Tony Giovanni, along with Conrad Thompson, soon to be employed by AEW. We'll see you next week on What Happened When on the MLW Radio Network. As always, on Mondays, you get it first on Patron. Patron.